Welcome to the Tuesday Review. I'm Nathan. I'm James. And I'm Callum. And tonight we're talking Game of Thrones and Batman, but we're taking it a bit easy. Yes, so last week, because of the technical difficulties, we had to rush the show to fit everything into the hour, and we're talking really quickly, and this week we're going to take it really slow. We're going to talk really slowly. Talk really slowly. Um, We're talking about Game of Thrones. I'm not Bran anymore. I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. So, yeah, (laughs) we're going to be, like, really relaxed and take it easy. Um, Callum's finally back. I know. What is this place? Bloody, you've forgotten. You've forgotten already. Oh, Um, don't worry. I hated it. It I had to work, I mean. Yeah. um, I'd rather be here. Yeah, unfortunately. Hopefully that doesn't happen too much. No, um, not for a while. Yeah, not for a while. Anyway. I'd see, the difference, I'd just say no. <laughs> <laughs> um, James knows what I'd say. Yeah, I'm just like, nope, I'm busy. <laughs> busy doing nothing. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Nathan as well for keeping his cool last week when I was freaking out and being like, the John Wick review is ruined. The whole Stop. show is ruined. It's not ruined. I just don't take but, it as seriously. Yeah, because I really want this show to be good, and I don't know if it is. Look, sometimes the you know the circumstances outside of our control yeah. you just can have the, an impact on the quality of the show. You just do the best of what you got. That's yeah, it. True, I, it turned true. out all right. I, I think, think yeah, the episode turned out all right. Um, so yeah, we're gonna start off tonight with uh, Game of Thrones, the finale, and the surrounding reaction to it. Originally, we were going to talk about it last week, um, but then we had the technical issues where we had to... Mm. So, so we had to weigh up whether to push yeah. the review back for John Wick yeah. or push the Game of Thrones discussion. Back. Yeah, so um, I wrote most of my notes for Game of Thrones. I wrote when the finale happened, which was a, a week ago for for the last week's episode, um, and then we didn't do it that way. And so even though it's been a week since the finale, pretty much what my notes are non-spoilery because I didn't know... Because it was just the day after the yeah. finale, I didn't really. So, I'm, but still, spoiler warning. Yeah, like I'm when like we're gonna keep it pretty vague. So maybe mild spoilers, but also if you haven't seen the finale, maybe skip ahead in the podcast. I'll put the the um, timestamp time in the description. But yeah, so sort of not a not a firm spoiler warning, sort of. A mild spoiler. Yeah, my, my my notes are non-spoilery, but we might get into more specifics as we go. So one of the reasons, like, uh, you know, I loved Game of Thrones. Um, one of the reasons we don't talk about more on the show, even back in the Man vs. Movies days, was one, we never have time, and two, Callum and Nathan haven't seen the show, or at least not all of it. I've read all the books that have been released, but, but that doesn't count because yeah. the have show you both shot the Callum books. Callum read all the books? I read all the books but the last the last one he released. Okay. But it's not fresh in my mind at yeah, all. Yeah, it's been a while. I've, I've been following along with the... Even yeah. though I don't watch the show, but, I have been following along with the yeah. rest of the reactions. Yeah, you guys know... Uh, we, the, we know the story. Yeah, place, so, yeah. so like, we'll, we'll get into it and I think, yeah, we'll, we'll all be able to, to kind of figure out what's going on. So... Game of Thrones finale, or final season, season eight, you know, just finished. And the showrunners, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, uh, fans call them D&D, um, they kind of, they're the Ryan Johnsons of, of this. To put, it, <laughs> to, put it, to put it in a, a context that our listeners will understand. 
they they started off, you know, all right, and then so they, much promise. Yeah, they started off promise, and then they just turned to the dark side. Um, so, you know, once the Game of Thrones of the show passed where the books were up to. You started seeing cracks, you know, there are few which, problems. Which is a testament to the strength of the source material. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, it wasn't a huge deal. Like, there were a couple of problems, but season, you know, six, even uh, seven, it's like, not too bad. But season eight, just, I don't know what the hell happened, but just... Money, 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 money. Yeah. Money! And it's like, God. it's so... Out of like I, an in, indescribably, the quality drop is yeah. huge. Now, uh, so what season would you say this happened at? Eight. The began. So once they, the first five seasons are based on the books, yeah, and then six, seven, and eight take place after, after where the books are at. Six season six, you see a little bit of problems, but mostly the threads that George R. R. Martin, the Conceived. author of the books, that he conceived. Like the the showrunners are taking those and sort of yeah, there's like them a off. logical arc. Yeah, even though there's a, you can start to see some of the cracks there. Season seven, they started to rush a bit. And they were trying to get everything set up for the end. See, that's what I don't get, like the rush. Well, that's that's exactly it. This season eight, like season seven, was started to get rushed. It was only seven episodes, which you know usually the seasons are ten. I don't know why they did that. Season eight was only six episodes, which is insane. So the whole the whole like last season is just rushed. It didn't make any sense. It, like characters just were really dumb. Not, everything was yeah. stupid. Every just I hated the everything. Star Wars parallels are everywhere. Yeah. Um. So like and also out of those six, so like they're trying to tie D and D are trying to tie up ten years, almost ten mm. years, and and eight seasons of story and t- and twenty three years of lazy writing. Well, it, we'll get to that later. 23 years of George R. R. Martin's uh, world. Writing when he can get around yeah, to it. Yeah, when he gets around to it. But, like, they're trying to tie all that up in six episodes, which is in, Ridic- just ridiculous. That's, yeah, amateur. Also, hour. three of those six episodes, or m- arguably more, is mostly filler. Like a lot of a lot of the stuff that happens in season eight is just kind of like I'm pretty. Happy. Why are we watching? This? I'm pretty happy. I'm not a dedicated follower of so the show. So this is I I, I want. Callum would have had an aneurysm. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would have stressed out. Especially especially as someone like you who gets very attached to the source material, you'd be like, "What are they doing?" But like this is so this is what's so disappointing is the show started off so good and it was just like. You have to be watching the show. That first season, oh, yeah. Like, oh now, my god! Now that it's ended, I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't want to recommend this show to anyone anymore. Like, yeah. I, you guys shouldn't even. Well, I don't even know if you guys should finish watching it. You know, I'll be honest, I don't care. I'm not one of those people who walks around saying, "Oh, I don't watch Game of Thrones." Yeah, but I have an apathy. Like, I'm interested. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not going to. But watch like it. when I, you know, like a few years ago when I was still like season five around then, I was like, "You guys have to watch it. You guys have to watch it." Now, I'm kind of like, you guys don't really have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I get what it's about. Like, yeah. I, you know, I understand. And look, you know what? It's everywhere on the internet. Not, like, I'm not going to spoil it here now, yeah. obviously. But it's like, the endings are every, the endings everywhere. Oh, no, but not like, just, I know how not just spoiling the ending, but, like, the, uh, everything in, about the it. production, yeah. the enjoyment of watching the show. But it's, yeah, but as you said, it's going to be soured by of, the fact that the ending is crap. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, like, this, the last couple of seasons, but especially season eight, like, 
just characters aren't themselves anymore. Like the there's a complete reversal of like character arcs and like oh I hate that those characters doing one eighty for no reason yeah, oh. and not even like in a Luke in a Luke Skywalker way exactly yeah, oh. exactly but not even like you know like not even in a sense of like oh the first few seasons are based on the books and so the characters act a certain way. But the last couple of seasons are not based on the book, and so the characters start acting dumb. Or there's there's definitely that. But then on top of that, there's like characters will act a certain way in the last season, and then will change depending on yeah. the episode or depending on what situation no, they're in. Depending on the writer of the episode. No, that's actually what I was going to bring up. Yeah. The sign of a good writer, and not just yeah. screenwriter, as a writer generally, mm. is someone who can. Feel out what someone's yeah. done in the past, and then go with it. There's, there's keep this, a character in, keep their integrity to yeah. the path they are on intact. There's this cliche thing that a lot of authors, um, I'm, sh- I'm sure, say like the characters take on their own life. Yeah, and the characters tell you what they're going to say. They tell you what they're going to do. So you can't just now go, jump into show, another man's boots and yeah. then be like, oh, I'm changing this. Now a TV show has lots of different writers. Um, but generally, a good TV show has writers that come on and they understand yeah, where there's... Yeah. And they have good showrunners. You look at The Sopranos. Yeah. Right, a long-running HBO TV show, yeah. which had many writers, I'm sure, yeah. over the course of its life and many directors and so on. Yeah. But throughout the same... It's the same throughout Vin- the whole show with very little... Yeah. Vince Gilligan and Breaking Bad is the prime example of a guy who had a vision and who you know worked with other writers to sort of... Keep that consistent, cohesive. cohesive, yeah. D&D, they, I don't know what, they were probably just in the back doing coke or something because they <laughs> there's com- just complete lack of oversight or cohesion or like uh, any you know logic. There's probably, no logic to honestly, any of it. they probably got drunk on the power. Game of Thrones is the Definitely. biggest entertainment. Like, Definitely. Well, I say entertainment. It's the biggest yeah. TV show out right now. Yeah. Well, when, when your show, in, yeah, when your show's big enough that you can just be like, people are going to watch it anyway. We're yeah, a, yeah. You know, we're a phenomenon. Of, yeah. then they're not going to care yeah, as it's much. It's like they'll watch whatever we do. They have yeah. nothing yeah. to prove. Yeah. So there's no stakes. They yeah. can do whatever there's, they want without having to worry about how it's going to impact the show down the line. There's definitely an ego aspect that a lot of people have been discussing. Um, so yeah, smart characters are now just completely dumb as rocks. Even characters who weren't that smart are now just dumb as rocks. Like, everyone is just making dumb decisions. Like, it went from George R. R. Martin's really kind of complex grey area. Like, every, everything is grey. There's yeah, no see, good or that's, evil. That's why it was such a good franchise. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, again, I mean, Game of Thrones was never particularly amazing when you compare it to other literature of the time. Yeah, the but books. What, what it, yeah, the, yeah, exactly the books. But what, what made it different was it was A, low fantasy, which yeah. was what drew people to the show in the first place. Yeah. B, it was also an adult fantasy in that it had violence, it had sex, it had drugs. Yeah. It operates uh, in the yeah. middle, the grey area. And uh, mostly the show was about the Game of Thrones, yeah. which was the politics of the movement of the pieces on the chessboard. Yeah. And now the show's just become, like, you know, dumb stuff that happens for no reason. Although, what I, I, I do want to say, I feel kind of vindicated, because mm. back when we were in high school, when this started airing, all the people who didn't care about fantasy used to say, oh, I like Game of Thrones because there's no elves. It's like it's like low fantasy. Yeah. I'm like, you look, well, at, you look at the state it's in now? Yeah. I'm like, I feel kind of vindicated, because they, they definitely took a hard fantasy bent. Yeah, they, definitely the show, as the show went on, it got more and more high fantasy which i don't know what's going to happen in the books 
but that might also take... Oh, it was always high fantasy. People yeah. just didn't care enough to actually True. look into the law. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of law which you talk about but it. But yeah, well. I just love that fact that people were upset. Like, like the reason they were drawn to it was because it was a fantasy. Yeah. But what they ended up with was That's dragons flying around. That's true too. It's like when you're watching the first few seasons, it's like, oh, this is a HBO like political drama Medieval kind that of happens to drama. be in a fantastical setting. Now it's just like, oh, there's just dragons and armies and, and stuff. Undead warriors. Yeah, and yeah it's like, and there's none of that political intrigue or character moments. To be fair, the, uh, the sort of growth from very low fantasy to higher fantasy, if you want to call it that, also happens in the books. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is yeah, that as the progression of the books goes, and uh, when we'll see when the, if mean, the, uh, if the uh, next book comes out, um, you know, we'll see that progression. It's as also well. less jarring but the, in the, the way books. the show, exactly, the way the show does it. Because when you see that drop off of when the books end and the show keeps yeah, going, yeah, because also TV is a quicker medium. You can consume yeah. you can consume the story much quicker than yeah, reading, reading the books. Yeah. Um, so yeah, characters who were complex in the grey era now they're just one dimensional, black and white. You know, in the first season, you you kind of, when the main character dies, it's like it's, it's you know it's showing the audience like this isn't your typical high fantasy yeah. like. The the honourable knight will prevail over evil. Not in this it's world. Like not in this world. Now we're at the end of the show and it's just like, no, it's just a normal black and white fantasy, good and evil. That's it. Um, Jeff Bezos is waiting in his cave somewhere being like, ha I'll wait till Lord of the Rings oh, comes Oh, man, out. yeah, i got a whole th- thing on that. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, so, yeah, also, like, because D&D were mishandling the show so badly, like, there are points after they leave the books like season five season six like where they kind of kill off some characters because they don't really know what they want to do with them now in this last season they had the perfect opportunity to kill off characters with the war against the night king yeah so characters they didn't really know what to do with they could have killed them off in pretty satisfying ways that the fans most of the fans would have been fine with but instead, like not a lot, not a lot of people die in the, the the war against the Night King, and so all the characters keep going. And but their arcs, they don't because the writers don't know what to do with the arcs. Like they just kind of hang around, and then they end up doing dumb things, and <laughs> and then the show ends, and you're like, like, well, like that they shouldn't make sense. be there. They're, yeah, they've awkwardly walked onto the stage. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's just kind of like you had the opportunity to k- kill them off and not have to worry about them anymore, but you kept. Like, so if you were rushing to get to the end of the season, why not use that opportunity you were given? Because Again, it's because they're dumb and they don't know yeah, what they're doing. But that, the whole idea of the rush in, in the context of Game of Thrones, is to, it just it yeah. confuses. And I understand why, but I still find it confusing because... No, yeah, but we'll talk about why it's not justified in any... So much... Like, so much hype is going to waste on, yeah. on these six episodes. Exactly. Also, when, the goodwill. They must have lost... HBO yeah. would have lost so much goodwill when, to pulling when, this stuff. When the show started, it was like, oh, my God, how is this going to end? Who's going to win the Game of Thrones? Yeah. And you get to the end, you're like, oh, really? That's it? Yeah, it feels wrong. Yeah. Also, like, you know, George R. R. Martin, his books, Love or My Hate Him, they have a lot of lore and backstory and character like every minor character has a, a history same as like Lord of the Rings like J.R. Tolkien like every minor character has a lineage that a goes back yeah, yeah like a thousand years and George Martin's the same kind of way and you don't see any of that in the 
last couple of seasons of the show because the writers don't have that blueprint of the books anymore. And they don't particularly care. And they don't care. And so yeah, it's, it's the power thing. It's like, why why should we bother doing yeah. deep dives when we can do all cool, other cool stuff on the screen? Yeah, it's like, like they even forgot that half of Westeros exists. Like, the last season you only see, like, King's Landing and Winterfell. That's about it. Like... They, they completely forgot all the rest of the stuff and all the other Bravos characters that are going and like on. All the other cool areas. Yeah, like it's like, and like if you're if you're really into the lore and you know the the background of everything, tough luck. Yeah. Like so, it's like, it's like that. What what's what does um, Thanos say? I'm I'm not. You're not the only one cursed with knowledge. Uh, yeah. It's like if you know about the backstory of all the characters and the houses and the the land of Westeros. Watching the show, you're just like, it's like this vac void. Like yeah. there's nothing there. If you're not familiar with it, it's still disappointing. But it's like a whole nother layer of people who want to see the character and the story yeah. and the, the lore. It's like, oh, it's all gone. There's nothing I, there. I, I, I don't want to sound too harsh to George R. R. Martin because he's only a mere mortal. Yeah. But I also want to bl- lay, lay some of this at his feet as well because... well. No, hold on. Like, so I understand yeah. he's a slow writer, right? Yeah. Now, he gets paid the big bucks yeah. to write Game of Thrones. The problem I have is there was a time when he, w- he would just go to conventions. And, like, yeah. you know, he'd go to nice HBO parties and stuff, and he just wouldn't write anything, and he would say how hard it is. But it's like a muscle, man. Like, yeah. the, I, I guarantee you, if he sat down and made it a practice to write for a certain amount of time a day, he would be more... Look, it's easier said than done. Um, no, but, but uh, yeah, I get that. But yeah. my point is, how many years has to go by before he yeah. released the last book? He's a writer by trade. This yeah. isn't like he doesn't work at an office and then goes home and writes on his DOS yeah. computer, you know, after before bed or whatever. I'm yeah. like, this is what he does for a living. Yeah, he needs to get that's to it. where he should put all his oh, energy. Like, unless he's reconciled the fact that yeah. he's going to pass away, but and a ghost writer will finish it. Even even if you know. D&D probably thought that the books would be finished by by the end of the show and they could just adapt those. And so they were probably just kicking their feet back, going, like, we don't have to think about anything. Georgie Boy's also, got yeah, this. Georgie Boy's- also, I, I, when Game of Thrones started coming out, yeah. didn't he have to divulge secrets to HBO? Well, I'm pretty sure that because of his age and because of the amount of time and effort and money they were putting into the show... He would have had to give them his notes for where it w- and told them it's where a, he's going. It's a pretty standard thing because I know even yeah. Neil Gaiman, who's relatively young mm. and and healthy, had to give all of American Gods two information to stars. Okay, like that. Not so all he hasn't written it, but yeah, the carry broad on strokes. The series, yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, so uh, that's not unusual either. But it's like I feel like even with that information. You know, we don't know how much no, George Martin gave them and how much... They might much, have chucked it out. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. But it's like, even with that information, they didn't really utilise... So, a lot of people are saying the ending of the show is going to be the same as the ending of the books, but the way that George Martin gets there... Will be different. ...is going to be so complex and different. <laughs> well, and he's hurriedly doing a rewrite. <laughs> and we'll, see, we'll talk about that way as well, where he's got the perfect opportunity to save the day, where he's like, oh, you didn't like the show? Here's the new book. Here's how it actually happened. So, but, you know, like, that's one, like even, if, even though they knew where it was going, they didn't know how to get there. Mm. And so they were just, instead of trying to work their way up to it, they just rushed and were like, you know, this character's on this side of the map and this character's on this side of the map. They have to be together. They just teleport them, change their character 180 
so that they're together at the end. It's like George R. R. Martin might have those characters be together in the end, but he might have oh the journey so different. so long of a journey to get there. Um, yeah. So yeah, like they they also they set up plot lines earlier in the se- like early, in the early seasons and then just completely forget about them. They don't they don't tie them up or anything. They completely abandon them. Not just things from the books, but things that were original to the show that the D&D set up. Then they just forget about them. It's like why did you introduce that if what one if it wasn't in the books? And two, you weren't ever going to mention it again, again and it wasn't going to come into play. <laughs> There's also, uh, this is my personal theory, yeah. they're, they're not as actually a good showrunner as people no, think they are. No, they, they uh, clearly don't the, care. The, the, especially big productions like Game of Thrones yeah. are built on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Right, so you've got all the high-quality set designers, everyone else who pitches in, but then what if D&D, without the assistance of high-quality writers yeah. and people to it's, steer them in an, yeah. in an appropriate direction, I think, they're just not that good. No, I think one of the... like. They were probably just happy with ad- adapting the books and were fine at that. And then once they sort of lost that blueprint, they're like, we don't know what to do. But like Nathan said before, they already had this inbuilt audience and they already have had up this inbuilt culture. So they're like, we can do anything and we'll get away with it. People eat it up. Yeah. I would have seen... But, oh, go on. But like even with the cracks you start to see in season six and season seven, and season seven has more more problems, it's like nothing is to the like nothing is yeah. to that terrible level of season eight where so it's just like what do we what think, have they done? What, what do we think changed between season seven and season eight? We'll talk about Star Wars later. Oh no! <laughs> if that, was, is, that, no. is that what you were getting? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to say if I was HBO, yeah, and I saw the kind of trend this was going on, yeah, I would kind of force a high quality. Well, and I'm not talking about George R. Martin, yeah, but I would force a high quality fantasy writer, and there are many of them, to kind of well, help with no, the direction. We'll talk about. I got that. I got that in my notes as well. It's like they were rushing to get it over with. They didn't know what to do. They had the money and the power and the influence to bring in anyone they wanted yeah, in like the world. Brandon Pe- Sanderson. People would have died yeah, to write Game of Thrones. Any, like even an internet fanboy who, who had a blog about Game of Thrones, they could have got that guy. They could have got us. We would have fixed, fixed it right now. We would have fixed it. We're notorious movie fixers. As you know, we are high-quality Hollywood <laughs> yeah. rewriters. But it's like they could have got any yeah, any fantasy author. They could have got Neil Gaiman, for Christ's sake, if yeah. he wasn't busy with American Gods. Yeah. They could have called him up and be like, "Can they could have even called him up and had a meeting with him and be like, can you please help us? Yeah, yeah, but no. But they didn't because it probably goes back to ego and it probably goes back to the fact that they probably weren't that, that good at their job oh, in the look, first Oh, look, realistically, place. they probably have the mindset, well, I'm hot shit. I don't need anyone to help me with yeah. this. It's like world building. It's, it's fine to tell a story on screen. Yeah. But world building is its own skill. Yeah. So, like, there, you do get some people who can That's a thing, make yeah. movies and also it's have like, world building. Yeah. But they, I guess D&D don't have both. Yeah, exactly. They might be fine at writing television scripts but when it comes to fleshing out the characters in the world they don't really know what they're doing and they required Jar Jar Martin to do that and then once he was gone it's they like, needed they someone like, oh, to replace yeah, him exactly they should have had they, because you know he, he worked on the show in the early scenes he, I think he wrote one episode a season for the first four or five seasons um, he was, he's a producer like he, he helped them out and then he's like I have to finish the books I'm taking a step back at that point, if they couldn't do it themselves, which is clear they couldn't, they should have got someone in to be George's cannon keeper or 
So, just a guide, sort of, okay. yeah, or not even not even a guy who who keeps it, like even just someone to help. Yeah, so but here's here's how it's done. Like as exactly. a, like a fantasy author, someone yeah. who's familiar with the process. Yeah, just to say, look, the mechanics. This, of it, yeah. like someone D and D could say, here's where we want to end up. Can you help us get there exactly. in a logical, consistent fashion? Exactly. Also, like I wouldn't be opposed to them coming up with more original material for the ending of the show because they don't have George's books anymore. And even though they might have his notes for the ending, they don't have how he's going to get to the ending and they don't have the time to get there. So I wouldn't have been opposed to them to just making some crap up. And, yeah, and I think but, fans of the books wouldn't have been too upset yeah, by that but either because no. the books are still quite different. Yeah, oh, they're a lot different. And so, like, and then they could have worked their way up to their original ending and, yeah, it would just work, would have worked out better. But, like, a lot of original stuff they introduced that wasn't in the books that it's come back to bite them in the ass because they're like we don't know how to, how to fix this they clearly don't know what they're doing they're like we introduced this thing that was in the books or we changed something from the books now it's come back to bite us in the ass because we have to end the show and we don't know how to fit that original all, idea in all the, all the money in the world can't fix stupidity yeah basically i know that sounds harsh no but if you have HBO money, yeah, and you can't fix a story problem. Yeah, there's more problems than just financial or production yeah, exactly. issues. Exactly, they had all on. the money in the world, and yeah, like they didn't. I, but the thing, I think, the thing is, it doesn't seem like they even tried. And we'll get to why. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and like I said, you know, the last season feels like a lot of filler. In the early seasons of the show, the slow pace and the character moments and the dialogue—that's what the show was about. Yeah. Now they're at the end, the end of the show and there's like 10, 15 minute scenes of characters talking and I'm just like, this is fill- like this has- this is a waste of time. Yeah, when like, you're in the last season, to, and yeah. the last season six episodes yeah. and it's pointless feeling, look at but, it, you watch. But it's also, yeah, it's also TikTok, the, the, dialogue, the dialogue and stuff that's happening in the scenes isn't really important. One, because they're bad writers and two, because they're going to throw it out the window next scene yeah. anyway. <laughs> so it's kind of like, no, you, you're trying to, you're clearly trying to rush this. You, it's okay if you just go to the next scene. You don't, you don't have to like pretend you're still the old show you were. And it's, the same goes with the comedic scenes. Game of Thrones has always had some dark humor and comedic scenes, but like the last, the last episode, the finale of Game of Thrones, this epic event of television, this pop culture uh, event, like, and there's like funny little sitcom scenes. I'm like, this is the end of your show. This is someone has like, taken gravity. Yeah, it's like you when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or, or you, you die. Like, and now the the, the people have even you know there's have so you got many Kramer, Bart yeah, exactly. Like people have like started putting like um, curb your enthusiasm and Seinfeld music over these scenes because it's just like what the <laughs> hell? Like the best thing to come out of this season are the memes. <laughs> just as with the Last Jedi. <laughs> Just uh, the same with The Last Jedi. The only good thing to come out of that movie were the memes because this is so much stupidity that you, all you can do is, like, laugh about it and point out how dumb it all is. Um, so, yeah, like, D&D were clearly rushing to tie everything up, but we're, we end up left with more questions than answers. You know what? Like, I, so, they're like, oh, okay, we have to tie everything up, but then they keep creating more problems that are going to, and especially at the last episode where you find out where everyone is and where everyone goes, you're like, well, that just creates more problems now. So I'm assuming, I'm going to answer my own question before I answer it. Mm. I'm assuming that this is for contractual reasons, but 
I would assume that if D&D wanted to leave Game of Thrones because mm. they had other opportunities, which we'll discuss later, yeah. wouldn't it be much better for HBO to just get new showrunners and exactly. say, we want more seasons? This is so we want two more. D&D are done, but is... I'm assuming because contractual reasons, yeah. they're probably like, well, we get to finish no, up exactly. this, I've, the show. I've got it in my notes here, which we'll get to later, but it's like a lot of people have been talking about how if they, they clearly didn't care, they were clearly rushing to get out, but... If you didn't care or if you wanted to rush it more than it could... Just you know, leave. Just get... Or, like we said, get someone to help you. Yeah. Take a step back. Say, we're still the showrunners. We're still the producers. We still make all the money. We still make all the decisions. Our name's still on the banner. But, you know, maybe get someone to come in and help and, you know... Grease the engine a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Just pay the contract out, man. <laughs> HBO yeah. knows better. Exactly. So, like... Another thing is, like, they took two years off for this final season. And it's like, was that... I know the season had big battle moments and lots of CGI and stuff, but it's like, it's just more of a sting, you know, for... You for to wait audience. so much it's like, time. Wait for this? It's like, I know, like, the, the production... See, the production was fantastic. Like, no one's arguing that. Like, the Although production... apparently a battle was too dark... Yeah, that the yeah that was bad. But like the production value, the cinematography, the music, the costumes, just the, the music's always been a high point of the yeah, show. Like it's just incredible. And yeah. so that in terms of that, the show is still ten out of ten. It's just the writing is so poor that it just brings everything down to the lowest level, and it's really sad. Same with the performances; the actors are all doing their best with really poor material. They're doing really great work. And so it's really sad for fans to have to kind of say, like, look, it's it's the same with The Last Jedi. Like, look, yeah. it's not your guy. It's not the cast and crew's fault. It's the writer's and director's fault. It's, it's like, the Jake Skywalker issue. And in this case, it's the showrunner's fault. You know, like, it's like, you know, they worked so... It took them seven months to build the King's Landing set. Like, it's just an insane amount of blood, sweat and tears went into this final season and this whole 10 years of show to end up with fluff at the end yeah. to fizzle out and, See, it, and that, think that some that's the, the top of that's the biggest sin that D&D committed they took 10 years of goodwill they took 10 years of blood sweat and tears of cast and crew they took 10 years of fans uh, emotions they took they took 10 years of HBO's money they took 10 years of everyone's time you can and they guarantee- just went and you can guarantee the people at the top of HBO probably thought it was gold as well. Like I, well, it's the typical. Unfortunately, HBO is doing the typical Disney reaction where they're like, "Look, it's a bit divided. Half people hate it, half people like it. You know, we we stand behind it." And we're like, "No, it's bad. Most people think it's yeah. bad. It's objectively bad. I, I think some people like it. That's fine. I think, but like, it's bad." I would have I would have a lot of respect for HBO or any company like Disney who puts out something that sucks. Yeah. To be like, yeah, look, we tried. Yeah. Maybe it's not the well, best product. We made a mistake. We'll we talk, made, exactly. Yeah. We made a mistake. We're going to do better in the future. We'll, we'll talk about it later, but I hope HBO steps up their game for the future because there's a lot of Game of Thrones spin-offs in, in the works. So <laughs> they really need to take this reaction as not just a bunch of salty fans, but people who were emotionally invested in Look, man, ten, 10 years ten is a years long time. Of, of this journey. 10 years is a long time for a crappy just, payoff. Just for a couple of rich douchebags to be like, we don't care. It's like, it's not the same because Twin Peaks wasn't going for 10 years straight. Mm. But at least when Twin Peaks ended, we were kind of like, not bad. 
Oh, you mean the return? Yeah, the return. Like, the, like yeah. we had to wait a long time for it, but at yeah. least when it was done, I mostly felt le- positive. That's different as well because you're like David Lynch. Even though his vision might not been what we wanted, it's like okay, oh, it's he, authentically David yeah, Lynch. It's like he's doing he's doing his own thing. He's, it, he's, it was certainly something. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we can all agree on. It was certainly something. But it's like for yeah for for ten years of a premium like fantasy show to just kind of like yeah just yeah. Um, I think that's another bad, like such a disappointing thing is like you can see the greatness underneath it all because you've got the production value and yeah. you've got the great cast, but on top of that, you got the world that George Martin set up for you. Oh yeah. So it's like it's just there under the surface. It's a you can just fantasy see it. playground. Yeah. So it's like if it wasn't for those idiots ruining the writing and the the character development and of the show. Like, it'd be really easy to kind of reconstruct what they have into something workable, into something decent. But they ruined it. So, Like you said, though, like, even if all the characters ended up in the same position at the end of the show, mm. but they just extended it, those extra couple of seasons, to really flesh exactly. everything out and take yeah. your time. We'll, we'll talk about that now. An epilogue. Like, it's, just, it's such a shame that all these hardworking people, like, people put their, like, 10 years of their life to be to make this show happen just for it to end up being poor, you know rushed and poorly thought out or not thought out at all like and to turn into nonsense at the end yeah um so like i was willing to give at the when the season started i was willing to give D the benefit of the doubt i was like you know they have to finish you know they're running out of time and money i understand they kind of have to finish it you know they can't do this show forever but as the series went on, I was starting to understand why, how bad it was. Um, and I was kind of lying to myself. Even after the war against the, the battle for Winterfell, I was kind of like, no, no, I understand. It wasn't great. But, you know, I was... But, yeah, as it went on, I was just like, no, I'm not having this anymore. I've had enough. So I was willing to, I was willing to give them to the benefit of the doubt up until a certain point, up until the, <laughs> up until the point where it was clear they were giving us the finger. Yeah. One thing I will say though is there was some sentiment on Twitter mm. that um, Aya, uh, her arc was a Mary Sue like arc. Now, yeah, well, even as someone who has, I've read the books, yeah. and I'm assuming that her character arc follows a similar trajectory in the TV show. I don't agree with that at all. So look, Aya was my favorite character up until she became a ninja assassin and then she became bland. And I think the way George R. Martin will do it will be really interesting. Yeah, because in the books... There might be similarities. She suffers in the books. I feel like she earns those abilities. But in the show, once she gets to that assassin, like a ninja point... She becomes boring, and that's a lot of the characters in the show. She hasn't quite reached that point in the books. Exactly. John becomes a non-character... After like maybe after the Battle of Bastards, like he just he does nothing anymore. Like he like you know he's just a non-character anymore. And I think that's D and D's fault. Now George Martin in the books, he'll definitely keep that complexity and that those character growth going. Even if Arya becomes an unstoppable faceless assassin, she'll still have some sort of arc yeah. and some sort of growth. Whereas in the show, it's like she just she becomes boring. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Aya's oh, yeah, a badass. I love her. She's my favorite character. And now she's kind of, she's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, she's boring. And that's that's the problem with all the characters in the show. Um, so, yeah, I was willing to give D&D the benefit of the doubt until I was just like, no, I've had enough. Then I found out HBO offered them more time and more money, <laughs> and they said no. Yeah. 
We've been hinting at, at this. So, for a very specific reason. So, D&D from the start said they only wanted seven seasons, which one is too short. Yeah. Like for this kind but of show. It goes back to the argument of but if you only want seven clear, seasons, you do seven exactly. seasons and but then it, we get someone else to take that over. When they started the show, how did they know they were going to be able to fit into seven seasons? They assumed the last two books would come out. They could have just da- quickly adapt yeah, those yeah, last yeah. two seasons. They were, they were pr- they're pricks. They're, they're assholes. The thing is, how does HBO like, give this them... Is, this is not just fans being salty. These guys yeah. clearly thought they were hot shit and they weren't. How oh, does okay, H- I- how does HBO give them the authority to say this show's only going to last I think this it was amount contractually. Of- yeah. yeah, but it's but like HBO kinda, should reserve the right to continue the show after their contract's done. I can, kind of under- I can kind of understand the Seven Seasons thing if their perspective on it was we will show run this but only as adaptions. We don't want to have to put in the groundwork. If they were up front and say we don't want to have to put in yeah, the legwork. Yeah, but then HBO probably would have said take a walk. You know? Yeah. So it's like it's a miracle that they got pushed to eight seasons at all, and I think that's one of the reasons that season eight is so short and so rushed. Yeah. It's because they they were like our contract's fulfilled. We're only here for the money. Now, James, could you uh, inform us as to why they oh, rejected? Okay, b- before we get that, right? <laughs> so George R. R. Martin has always said that you know the show could go for twelve, thirteen seasons. Like he's always said, like you know they should keep going. Yeah, which is feels correct. And, and I think the way the show was going up to season seven, even with its problems, it should have been at least ten seasons. Mm. One season for the war against the Night King, one season for the war against Cersei and Daenerys taking back the taking the throne, and one season for the aftermath and tying everything up. And yeah, in a nice little bar. Yeah. So like, this seven eight seasons nonsense is just ridiculous. So it's clear that D and D didn't care, and now we're getting to the point. If you if you haven't realised already, where we're starting to see this backlash from fans that's very similar to the Last Jedi backlash, where it's very clear. Like, there's even a petition to reboot the last season, remake we, it. I mean, which I don't agree <laughs> with. No, no, generally, it's the same. We talked about when Last Jedi came out. I hate the Last Jedi, but. I didn't sign any petitions for it to be remade no. or for it to be struck from the canon. Like, I'm, I'm more realistic than that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can, it's, get the, it's the same sort of reaction. It's people who have invested a large chunk of their lives and money and, you know... And they feel like into, they've been ripped off. Yeah, exactly. Because remember, and in a large way, just, people subscribe to HBO. We, yeah, pay, we pay for that exactly. production. It's, it's not just an entitlement of like, well, I pay for HBO and I watched the show and took time out of my life and so I deserve a good ending and I didn't like your ending and therefore you owe me something. It's Start not, again. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not that. It's like we loved these characters. We loved this world. We loved, we loved being involved. We loved talking to people. It's the water cooler thing. We lo- oh, it was yeah. an event. It was a worldwide. It was the biggest show on television, and it was it brought fantasy to a mainstream capacity, even more so, even more so maybe than Lord of the Rings to an adult audience at, at least. Yeah, anyway. no, I get you. Yeah. So it's like it's, and then for for the showrunners to clearly. Not just make an ending we didn't like, but to clearly not care and <laughs> to disregard what made the show yeah, great and, to begin and with. almost almost deliberately tank it. And we start to see this kind of Last Jedi style reaction from fans, and but also from the cast. Like if you people have been posting the way they post Mark Mark Hamill interviews and see like see he was warning us the same <laughs> people people are posting uh, Game of Thrones uh, cast interviews. 
And you can see the actors are really just... I don't know if this is legit or if it was faked, but yeah. there was some interviewer interviewing... Um, oh, what's the lady's name who plays Daenerys? Um, oh, Amelia Clark. Yeah. And someone's saying that, oh, they like Daenerys because she's so pure and she has such good intent. And yeah. the look on her face yeah, is yeah. like, don't oh, no. say anything, there's, don't there's say one, anything. There's one, there's one where the interviewer asks her, like, how, you know, with, without spoiling anything, how do you... What was your reaction when you read your last... Se- or when you read the ending? And she went... <laughs> like now, 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 you could take that as she was sad the show was ending. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think it's similar to Last Jedi. It's like it's clear a lot of the actors were just like, "This is really dumb," and we're get, like Mark Hamill. We're going to do our job to the best of our ability, but, it's but Jake we don't Skywalker. believe. Yeah, we don't believe. It's the same with a, a lot of the other actors. Um, Conleth Hill, who plays Varys, was kind of vocal about how Varys used to be the. Smartest character, always, always. He was always had, the smartest dude in the room. Yeah, always had, always knew what was going on. And the last couple of seasons, he's been sidelined, and then he just became really dumb at the end of the show. Same with Tyrion. Tyrion was always one of the smartest people yeah. in Westeros, and at the end of the show, he just became really dumb. And it's just you can see like the the parallels to our other favorite franchise <laughs> that it um, subverted our expectations exactly this D and D's insane ideas of like well you thought one thing was going to happen the fans the fans were speculating one thing but guess what this happens instead like aren't we so smart it's like no that's Kathleen not Kennedy smart. thought they were smart exactly that's not so yeah it's like it, it's, subverting our expectations uh, yeah isn't smart George, if it's not servicing the story in the direction it should be headed. George R. R. Martin, the author of the Game of Thrones novels that the show is based on, has been on record in interviews, has, is on camera saying that if you're writing a story and the f- readers and the fans guess who the murderer is and you're writing the story and you change who the murderer is because the fans guessed it, that's not smart. Then you're, you, you've you set up all these clues and, and foreshadowing. They're now meaningless. That now meaningless and you've just ruined your story. And that's what D&D have done. George R. R. Martin set up all these characters, all this world, all this politics, all this law, just for D&D to be like, well, we don't really remember any of that. We don't care about any of it's that. A, it's a TV version and of... The fans, all the fans have already figured out who... Who, who's going to die, who's going to live, who's going to become king, who's not going to... blood? So we're gonna, just going to just throw the script pages in a blender it's, and be like, ha-ha, you yeah, didn't see that coming. It's a TV version of when you go to shake your friend's hand, pull it away and go, psych! <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a classic subverting expectations and, yeah, like changing characters on a dime for no... just because just you think you're smart. Um, yeah. So... This ultimately comes to because D&D got hired to make their own Star Wars trilogy. Uh, alarm. No, oh no, we already did the last Jedi alarm. <laughs> Just do, do, do another one. I'll do, put another one? All right. <laughs> another one. Okay. So, so bad. Disney needs to stop ruining yeah, franchises. It's like Disney listens to our show. And yeah, I goes, told you, Bob Iger listens. We've been yeah, over this. And, and, they're like, and they're like, oh, those guys don't like what we're doing. We're going to double down on that. Oh, uh, they proved us Lean into it. They proved it. us wrong again. We'll lean into it. I've had enough of these boys. Those are yeah. all Game of Thrones. Like, now, to be fair, no one hated D&D this much. No. Like, a few years ago. That's right. 
even though now people are going back and starting to dig up some stuff that they did quite a few years ago that kind of pointed to where they were heading. But, like, you know, even Disney probably just, like, oh, the Game of Thrones guys are really successful. Yeah, yeah. Let's give them yeah, the... it's definitely their fault Game of Thrones is huge. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, that's a that's kind of, a, I guess, a smart decision on their part. It's like Game of Thrones is is successful. These guys show run Game of Thrones. They're big names now. Let's give them Star Wars. I but mean, I can get that from a business but, perspective. Yeah, but. as we've discussed many, many times on this show and many, many times before that on the old show, like... It's clear Disney has no clue what they're doing. It's clear when they hire someone, they don't want them to make a movie. They want them to churn out a factory film and slap a name on, you know. They don't really care. They don't really care about the world or the characters or the lore, just in the same way that D&D didn't care yeah. about the world and the characters and the lore when they made Game of Thrones. So it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I'm sorry. It's, it's like if Kathleen Kennedy could see how bad they'd take Game of Thrones, she'd be like, you're hired. This, this is the thing is people are going, oh, I hope they get fired from Star Wars now because of how clearly how how, how much they ruined Game of Thrones. I'm like, no, Kathleen Kennedy's like completely oblivious to this. Uh, look, And I'm sure like this and, and, and this fits in with where Star Wars has already gone. Yeah. Like, it's already been ruined. These, these guys coming in, it's like, it's, it'd like be, you said, match made in heaven. It'd be, like, good karma. it'd be good karma if they were not allowed to make a Star Wars trilogy after, yeah. after abandoning Game of Thrones yeah. for Star Wars. It'd be good karma for them for That's her to true. say, no, you can't. Yeah. But that won't happen. Probably they'll, yeah. If, they'll at least get to do one, but, yeah, probably they'll just be let, give, given free reign, free reign in the, as much as you can on a Disney film. Though, but. What I will say is I do believe they'll have at least more than one draft of their script. So well, that's, that's a tick in the right well, box. Well, they don't have anyone to copy off. They don't have George R. <laughs> R. Martin to copy off. So, But, see, you know, we were talking a few weeks ago about how Ryan Johnson had his own Star Wars trilogy that was supposed to be coming out, and then uh, the D and D was supposed to have their own trilogy. Are they working together and then now? Apparently, they were because Disney was restructuring their ideas. They were going to be working together, but now mm-hmm. there's more news saying that no, there's actually more trilogies planned. The, ru- the rumor is that there's the Knights of the Old Republic trilogy. Exactly. So that's that's another thing. So it's like if Ryan Johnson might be working on his own trilogy. These guys, D&D, might be working on their own trilogy and then the Knights of the Old Republic trilogy might be separate again. It's like, again, I mean, it always comes back to our argument of, you know, they don't know what they're doing with the... how they You know, they said they were going to stop and take a step back, but they've already got these trilogies, you know, they're going to churn them out. Um, they're already, you know, they... Like Ryan Johnson <laughs> ruined Star Wars. They got him to make his own trilogy. D&D ruined Game of Thrones... They got them to make a Star Wars trilogy. Like, it's just, yeah, you know, it's just sad. It's just sad and and just like typical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, there's still two books to come. Like, it's not just one book. Yeah. Look, George R. R. Martin hasn't even finished the second to last book, and he hasn't even started the last book. We need to either he's going to release... So when he writes these books, he writes them as one and then he splits them in the middle. Yeah. So he can he would consider it one book that's going to be split into two halves, like the other ones he's written. No, no, there's two separate books. So there's going to be four books to come. Or, or Technically, he, yeah. Unless he doesn't... Uh, I mean, it depends how that long they are. The, the last one... Because the last one was split because it was so long. And the last one had two different editions. 
The last one had the split edition, yeah. which, funnily enough, was aimed at American audiences. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's tr- this is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you could also buy. We went over to the UK and we saw they were selling the whole edition. Yeah. And it was absolutely massive. Oh yeah. And I was like, that's cool. But yeah. I'm pretty sure he's the last four books have all been like part one, part two, part. Yeah, one, they part have. Two, so. But you can okay. also buy them in single. I think volumes. you can buy the single yeah. volumes as well. But yeah. So like, he says two books, but maybe he means one. Maybe he no, means no, four. No, no, it's two. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I think it's it's like two separate four books. Volumes. books. Yeah, like two yeah, two separate books from start to finish, but that might might be cut into two volumes yeah. each. So it might be four books, physically four books, but I'm assuming they'll release Thematically them. two books. Yeah. Yeah. Um so, and George R. Martin's seventy Look, something, seventy. He's not a healthy seventy. No, no, no he's also he's a large he's, he's not a healthy people, seventy. People yeah. need to be realistic. He might finish one book. He's not finishing the next. Exactly. So, so he needs to. I, I personally believe that there's too much money tied up in Game of Thrones yeah. for them not to get a ghostwriter. So I'm sure he's got a wealth of notes. Like when Robert Jordan well, passed away, yeah, they got uh, Brandon Sanderson took his notes and he finished the Wheel of Time franchise. Yeah. It's going to be a similar situation. I, for I don't see why he would. I don't see why he wouldn't hire someone to help him finish them pride maybe uh, look i know he said that while he's alive he's the only one who's going to yeah. be working on them when he's dead i'm not sure if he has any explicit instructions for people not to work on it i'm i'm going to assume any deal he's made with his publisher might involve someone else working on it after his death but yeah it would be a shame if yeah he, he look financially speaking mm. There's no way the publishing company lawyers would let him have an yeah. unfinished franchise with such yeah. wealth. Especially after, yeah, the, the show and like that's another thing. It's like the show the ending of the show sucked. And the books might not even ever end. Yeah. So it's kinda like we may never see the proper ending to this story. Yes, so can I can I point it's out so something? Sad. There was a blog post by the guy who writes Penny Arcade who said that Game of Thrones is amusing to him because he was, uh, he was you know, actively buying fantasy books when they first started coming out. Mm. And Game of Thrones was seen as a niche, like a niche market. It yeah. was like, it was the one that had all the violence and intrigue and sex yeah. when you didn't want to read about like the more classical fantasy style ones. So every now and again, people talk about Game of Thrones and he would just be like, like that's the, interesting that people show, care about that because yeah. it used to just be but that's the niche thing. material. The show, the show, catap- the book, the books were popular before the show, yeah. but the show catapulted the books yeah, into I mean, like a, a stratosphere. Like they became so popular. They were popular in fantasy circles. Yeah. But if we go back twenty years and you would ask a random guy on the street, "Hey, yeah. do you like a song of fire and ice?" They'd be like, "I don't know what that is." Yeah, exactly. But like this is the thing: is like people have been saying like. Maybe this is Martin's plan all along. Like he was going to wait for the end of the show, then release the book, and that way he could be like, you know what, that that's over. Like, because you could you could imagine him releasing the book in the middle of season six of the show, and then them trying to finish the show, and him trying him, him yeah, trying to market yeah. the book. But he's also come out and said like, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I think never people, do that. Honestly, people give Georgie Boy too much credit. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, releasing but, the book. Releasing the final books would probably increase his lifespan. Yeah, all the all the stress that'd be off his shoulders. Yeah, or he would die but, a week a day but later. Like, it's, one of the, like this, again, this is kind of this is I guess coming into more fan speculation. But since the end of the show, like he's definitely come out and he seems more upbeat because he knows he, seems, he can he can exactly. write something that people won't hate yeah, as much exactly. as they so hate. So it's the, like he obviously he's defended the show on. because he's not going to. Uh, contractually obliged yeah, to yeah, exactly. the show. So, but it's like he can now, he now has the freedom to be like, I can 
I can I can release the now my, I know my what version not to do. Story. Yeah, exactly. And also the fans, yeah, the fans have pointed me in the right direction of what not to do. <laughs> but also like, there's no way I can upset them the same way. So I like, there's more empathy in the books. So even yeah. if he did come to the same place, it happens over a he's slower also, like, pace. Yeah, he's a more detail oriented author. Like obviously, like we said, he's whatever end his characters come to, they're the journey to get there is going to be a lot more complex, a lot more grey, a lot also, more his well think, developed. His characters think a lot. Yeah. So it's like if they make stupid decisions in the TV show, it's going to be justified. De- those decisions might be more logical through the eyes of the characters in the book. Yeah. So like, it's just so disappointing. Like this was one of the greatest TV shows in history. Like, it was one of the biggest events in pop culture, and it just kind of fizzled out and now I'm just kind of disappointed and like I said at the start of the show I can't even recommend it anymore it used to be you're not watching Game of Thrones oh my god you have to watch it now that's all done I would like to sort of re-watch it all as a as a sort of uh, binge back to back but I'm kind of like it feels very unappealing now. I'm like, should I just stop after season five or season six now or should yeah. I just begrudgingly just watch the last couple of seasons like I just, yeah, it's so I wouldn't. Sad. I wouldn't watch it as a whole. Yeah. I probably just would skip it and go watch Cobra Kai again. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's like, and yeah, we never know if we're going to see the the ending of the books. And it's like, it's, it's just, the Star Wars it's so, thing. It's like, why do I why watch the new ones when I can just rewatch the classics? Yeah, it's like when it's it was just so good. sad though. I mean, um, we have the untitled prequels uh, and other spin-offs. In yeah, the well, the, uh, George R. Martin has said that he's working on five prequels to Game of Thrones with HBO, that they're in some stage of development. That's and that's crazy. why the books aren't getting released. Yeah, exactly. He's off doing doing TV stuff. He needs um, to get Stephen King to finish the book. Yeah, just churning out. Um, he, I, know, I did see that George Martin said he's going to be at WonderCon in New Zealand in June of next year, and he's like, if I don't bring the manuscript of the next book with me, you have permission to lock me up uh, and until I finish the book, which is probably just hyperbole. Look, I'm not a heckler. Part, I'm not a heckler, but if I met that, him in person, I'd tell him to hurry the hell yeah, up. Yeah, but it's like that. he might be hinting that he's almost done. Yeah, there's a rumor. No, 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 no. Look, there's, a, there's actually rumor. He, but he he might be talking shit. But like he might, if he's saying I'm going to be yeah. in New Zealand in June and I I must have the manuscript with me, he might be saying I think Look, I'm almost there. There's a rumor that he's but, actually finished the books. Yeah, and he just doesn't want to release them because he's worried about fan backlash. Now there's that, and I, also yeah, that he was waiting for the end of the show yeah, to release them. I personally think that's silly because yeah. I I think that he's, yeah he's come out and said that's ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, what else would he say? That's right? true. You're going to admit to being yeah, a giant yeah, coward. Yeah, he's not I mean, gonna, yeah. Like I personally think that's not true, but it also wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, no. If he spent so much of his time writing this thing, imagine spending so much time of your life making something. Yeah. The fear of ridicule would be enormous. Oh yeah, especially after the blowback. Look, the, even even when the books end, there's gonna be a backlash from readers. Um, but I, I don't like we said. I don't think there's anything he could do that could be as no. bad as what's happened in the show. Yeah. Um, so there's only one prequel that's had any sort of news around it. All the other prequels are in very early stages of development. There's one prequel that's apparently starring Naomi Watts which there's not a lot of news around it, but it's apparently set thousands of years before the Game of Thrones show and apparently will be about Bran the Builder building the wall and will be about the Long Night and the the original uh, White Walkers. So I think that's a really great idea. I just hope they don't stretch these things out too long and unstable. Well, yeah. But, like, one, because it's so far back... 
that, it's, that you don't yeah. really need to connect it to Game of Thrones, which is good because they can do whatever they want. They can cast whoever they want. They can go in any d- weird direction. And also it, it ties into that really rich lore and backstory that George Martin set up that I'm really interested in. And since the ending of this show did so poorly on, like, especially the Night King and and his stuff, like, going back, even though it feels, like, too little too late, it'll be interesting to see this maybe fleshed out a bit more. And D&D are not show-running this show, so thank God for that. It's like the Silmarillion thing. It's like the Silmarillion is a book inside Lord of the Rings, Mm. and it's it's like back canon. It's like a Bible within the... But if if they Lord like the, the like the the mythos of Westeros is kind of like that in the sense that they could vi- yeah. revisit this early stuff. Oh yeah, and they already have these powerful characters who have personalities which reverberate up yeah. into current Westeros. Yeah, and like they can play with that, and it still connects to the main entry. Yeah, but it's so far removed that it doesn't exactly. matter if they screw something up. Yeah, because it doesn't have an impact on the main franchise. Yeah, it, yeah, it won't it won't connect to the main yeah. show in a, a thousand years. So they can take risks with it without the risks exactly. having a negative impact on the main franchise. Yeah. Um. So like, I, I just hope HBO takes this fan backlash more seriously than Disney. It doesn't seem like they are. Of obviously they're being very. They joked about it. Uh, did you see the joke they made? Where do you remember when everyone was just so excited for the first season? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, I think they're just like I think they like the ending. I think they approve of what D yeah. did. But it, they yeah, can't the, say anything. It's to the, the Disney. Conference. It's the Disney problem. But, if they can't really say we didn't like that, sorry about that. Um, but like, it's just like if if the books ever do end, which probably won't happen. But like, will there be another adaptation of the books? No, and, I don't think so. And if there is, it would probably wouldn't come out for another twenty plus years because if HBO is doing all these prequels they, they and they have the rights they they can't be a competing game of thrones yeah no it won't thing. work so like but like it'd be interesting to see you know in 20 30 years if someone else gets the rights another streaming service whatever and you know if the books are finished which they probably won't be but and they do a, a song of ice and fire like reboot and completely just do do more uh accurate to the books yeah you know, and adapt that. Um, like that's obviously wishful thinking and all that, but it that that means this Game of Thrones will be this weird curiosity. Yeah. Even though it was so great for so long and has so many great elements in it, this kind of maybe, maybe we can get some dire dwarves that don't look like husky dogs. You know what this kind of interests me in the the upcoming. Maybe I we could get more direwolves in the show instead of them just like having one scene and then no, never appearing. This is again. kind of a tangential uh, point, but kind of makes me interested in the Lord of the Rings TV show that's well, going on. This is my next point. Sorry, oh. go on, Cal. Oh, I was just going to say now, as far as I'm aware, this isn't going to be a retelling of the Lord of the Rings story, yeah. but. The fact that the world is entirely mapped out, like histories, like yeah. the law's done. Mm. I'm like, so it's just going to be interesting to see how well they manage to map it out, yeah. considering that Jeff Bezos is a neckbeard himself. Oh, and I guarantee you, Amazon's learning lessons right this moment. Yeah, they're writing notes. Well, yeah, man. depending on how far Lord of the Rings is, the show's in production. I'm just hoping they get nerds on point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we were saying, like I need someone who takes it so seriously. Who yeah. speaks Elvish? They need to be on uh, board. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who's uh, show running. Like it, you know but... what I mean? Like I need them on site, yeah. making sure everything's like a p- Tolkien yeah. appropriate. But see, like you know, then you can go, you can go either way with that. You can have someone who's so 
attached to the source material that they're willing to make no concessions or no... Oh, well, that's the good thing about the new show is it's not going to be Lord of the exactly. Rings. But, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, there are people who are going to be like, no, that's not canon, even though it's not about... I think what Callum meant you know, so, needs to be canon consistent. No, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, consistent. You, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. There are fans, like, diehard fans who make stuff based on stuff they're fans of. And that's good because you want someone who's passionate about the the adaptation and about the original material. You don't want someone who's blasé about it and or who, who like Ryan Johnson, yeah, or who deliberately wants to screw yeah. screw up, screw it up. But then you have people who are so obsessed with the the source material, the canon, the originals, that they're willing to make no changes or concessions or compromises. Even though it will definitely make a better oh, no, look, show or I'm movie, I'm not saying or, I put these people in charge. I'm just saying they need yeah. to be. No, uh, but that's what like, I'm saying. There's a double-edged sword side to this, where it's like, yes, there should be, like you said, there should be someone running the Get Lord of the Rings show that is passionate about the books and the lore and the the backstory and the characters, but you also don't want them to be so obsessed with it that if someone says, "Look, you know that that might not work in a TV show." Yeah, no, I and mean, I don't... No, no, no. I'd know. have these people on as uh, it's the Tom, it? advisors. It's the like Tom a, Bombadil argument. Yeah. Like, there are people so obsessed with Lord of the Rings that they're like, I can't believe Tom Bombadil wasn't in the movies. Yeah, no, no, but no, that no. was the best... Peter Jackson made the best call when he <laughs> yeah, cut he that did. character out and when he, he cut out all the songs and all the other stuff. No, no, what I mean is uh, these people should be advisors, not running the, the yeah. movie. Oh, the, the yeah, exactly. I mean, these people, like, the director should be able to say, how do we approach this in Middle Earth? Yeah. And then they can say, well, here, here, and here, or what is actually Elvish for how we yeah, do oh, it? Yeah, that definitely like, has to be a part like, of That's what I mean. I like someone to give a kind of... I say authenticity, yeah, but yeah. like someone to give an actual Tolkien perspective on how yeah. things are going to wrap out. That definitely, which is, is what Game yeah. of Thrones lacks, is like that kind of that appropriate George R. R. Martin understanding yeah. of the world, which is why the season eight sucks yeah. so bad. Yeah. Well, we are almost out of time. Well, we're definitely out we're, of time. We're, 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 but, in, uh, we're in. Uh, but we're uh, not even close to finishing this conversation. So, if you're listening live, stick around for Matt's show, Car Talk. Otherwise, if you're listening to the podcast, we'll be right back with more Lord of the Rings discussion and uh, Batman casting news later on in the show. That annoyed me was there's not enough black people in Game of Thrones. I'm like, that's true. Dude, we talked about this the other week. I said there's an overwhelmingly diverse cast of characters considering it's a high fantasy yeah. I'm like number yeah. one that's true I guess there should be more but B it's based on European middle ages yeah, wars exactly like, you're lucky there's Spain alright yeah, you're well, you're lucky. There's a whole Asia continent. Usually, yeah. even Lord of the Rings doesn't have an A. No, oh, like, actually, it does. The elephants come from that. Yes, age. that's true. But See, th- fucking George not- Martin's just copying. Talk- <laughs> All right, let's. That's because Tolkien didn't play fucking games, son. <laughs> when he writes fantasy, he only does it once, jo- and it's perfect. Jo- what's his What's his name? Jokin Roken. <laughs> Joking, rolling, rolling, talking. <laughs> no, no, it's like it's like he wrote fantasy. Okay, he wrote a children's fantasy novel first, The Hobbit. Yeah, and then he's like, he's like now like, I f- Yeah, I'm gonna fucking. He's like, okay, one time, and it's yeah. going to be flawless for the rest of time. <laughs> Like, I'm going like, to... Now we're recording this. Now I have to... Because this is all recording, so I have to keep all this in the show. 200 years later, people are still going to be pointing at Lord of the Rings as the fantasy story. Yeah, motherfucker. He's just like, oh, you like the, that little children's story about the little funny hobbits? No, he's a serious one. He's a one. fucking hundred thousands of years of history of war, 
and God's supplementary material. Yeah. <laughs> and how a ring corrupts man and brings about the end of Age of Magic. <laughs> He's like, suck on that. And George Martin's like, oh, okay, I can do that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, by the way, it's like, when all this happening, I'm also translating Beowulf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And all, he created yeah. the Elvish language, right? He did. And the Orgish, yeah. Because George R. Martin, even with all his world building yeah. and lore, to be fair, he, though, he didn't create the no, Dothraki yeah. or to- Tolkien was actually Tolkien was professionally a linguist, so oh, it's not the same. Yeah. Like that's again, like he wasn't even a professional author. He was like his main thing was he taught ling- he taught linguistics. So it's like he wrote fantasy novels on the side, <laughs> but he took that shit seriously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like the painter he who only paints once. He did all the maps and the, the yeah. elvish. Uh, yeah, he the did all runes. the. It's like you know the book I gave you, the Lord of the Rings one I gave yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, The thing on the side was yeah. his own design. Yeah, all the um, well, yeah, the, all, all the, the illustrations. The elvish, yeah, the illustrations. Okay, uh, enough rambling. <laughs> Welcome back to the okay. Tuesday yeah, review. We're, we're back. We're back. <laughs> um, so. We were talking about the Lord of the Rings Amazon series that's been announced. There's not a lot of news about it. I don't. They've said it's not a readaptation of the that's Lord of the Rings so books. I'm. I'm it's think, just based in the world. Now, from what I understand, and this is old information, so I could be wrong, but I thought the estate of Tolkien's estate was yeah. like you can do whatever you want because you know Bezos money. Mm. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they decided not to do a Lord of the Rings retread. That's the smartest. Which is a, yeah, a smart yeah. move. I, I'm doing some research as I say this, but I was sure I read somewhere that it was about Strider as a young man. Yeah. So oh, Aragorn. I hope not. I wouldn't like that. Well, I mean. See, that's too close of a prequel. See, it comes in the prequel problems. But um, Aragorn has an interesting history. So no, yeah, I, I like it, but it's like now you have to, like you can't get Viggo Mortensen play him. It's obviously not connected to the movies. Like it just it's too many problems. Like they should do what the Game of Thrones prequels are doing and set it thousands of years before. That way they can just play around in the world without having to worry about. Wouldn't connecting. it be interesting if they did a Silmarillion show? Yeah, As they should like, have done that. Ten seasons. Each season covers a certain period yeah. of time in the Silmarillion. That way you also you also get a varied. Like, you get a yeah. varied themes, varied stories. And th- that way they can explore things that weren't really explored in the Lord of the Rings movies. More yeah. of the gods and the wizards and... You, the- could, you could start it off by... Did they have Sam opening the Silmarillion in the movies? I don't think so. Ah, uh, I think one of the characters... I think it's Sam when they get to Rivendell. Mm. In the uh, books? Yeah. He actually... Elrond oh, shows him... That actually, there might be in a deleted scene or something. Yeah. I think it's Elrond shows him the Silmarillion. Yeah. Because the Silmarillion, while being an actual published book, yeah. is also a fictional book in Lord of the Rings, which yeah. is a history of Middle-earth. Yeah. As written by the elves, I think. Which they pulled that shit in the finale of uh, of Game of Thrones, but didn't work. Yeah, no. You're going to have that Tolkien level. Well, yeah, I, I, a, anyway, I, may be level. Wrong. I may have been wrong. The current plans seem to have it uh, set during the Second Age, which is so when is the, sort of the rings were formed. And so it's like okay. semi-Silmarillion-ish. Yeah, so, so like um, a different time period altogether. That's good. That'd be yeah. fun. But like the, the idea of the Silmarillion would be good for TV because yeah. it's like there's so many different stories. It'd almost well, be like an anthology didn't, show. Now, Nathan, you might have to look this up as well. I don't really look remember. Look this up, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. I don't really remember. <laughs> I'll let you know. Apes are strong, man. Was that DMT in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I think DMT Apes Lord are Rings? so strong, man. I'll this let you two crazy. nerds talk <laughs> and I'll just do the research. <laughs> um, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I was doing too much DMT. <laughs> Smoking too much weed. Uh, looking up... Um, um, oh, yeah. Look up if... I think when Peter Jackson was making Lord of the Rings, 
the Tolkien estate was like, yeah, you can you can work with Lord of the Rings, but Silmarillion is off limits. They so look, you can't mention any of the gods or the yeah, no, the wizards' they, names. The or, Tolkien estate guard, they guard their IPs yeah, jealously, which was really annoying and a bit dumb. And then I think when The Hobbit came out, they had sort of come around and were like, okay. And that's why in The Hobbit goes a little bit overboard with naming the orcs and all this and stuff that's not really relevant and stuff that wasn't in the book. Because Peter Jackson was like, oh, now I can use all this stuff. Let's bring that in, even though it wasn't important to the book. Christopher Tolkien prevented anyone, especially Peter Jackson, Mm. from adapting the Silmarillion in any form of yeah. media, but he's recently retired, leaving it okay. open for his predecessor. Now, to, uh, predecessors? Uh, no, his successor. His successor. Yeah. Sorry, um, to possibly use yeah. the Silmarillion. So, the problem is the Silmarillion is not a prop is not a property that will be easily translated to television. As much as yeah, I would but like I, to see I mean, it. he he would like he like. He wouldn't let Peter Jackson even take a name out of it for which Lord is, of the Rings for someone to go. Shitty, yeah, which yeah. is dumb. Especially because this is the point I want to talk about. Especially because Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy, for me, and I think for everyone around the world, is the definitive film adaptation yeah. no of the books. I would be surprised if anyone tries to adapt a, that yeah, ever again. In a hundred years, if they try to remake those movies, I don't think they're going to be as. Good, like that's the definitive. That's the one version. Like that's the best the version. The one version get. to rule them all. Exactly. It might not be completely word for word accurate, yeah. but but the spirit, the is spirit, there. yeah, it's so strong. And just the visual style is so iconic. Just yeah. the, the slight gayness. Oh, but that's accurate to the novel. That's yeah, accurate. Say, that's what I'm saying. In fact, in fact they yeah, toned, it, they toned it. it down. They actually they toned it down significantly. You know, you know we were talking... As, 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 as someone who reads it in modern times, yeah. there's a lots of... And I, I'm, yeah. like, well, I'm not going to quote exactly, but no, lots no. of gentle hand-holding, well, deep eye-gazing. Tol- Tolkien wrote it as a sort of uh, exploration of brotherhood and yeah, fri- so male friendship because he was in the First World back War. When, yeah. And don't get me wrong. But this is like I don't mean this in a sort of um, you know feminist way. But back when ma- uh, male toxicity or mass to- like toxic masculine behavior wasn't such an issue, no, guys could I- hold hands like it was fine in the story. Oh, like sort of yeah. Oh yeah, no, there's no toxic. There's very little no. toxic males in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, in no, that, it- in that sense. Uh, but I think that it's also important to remember that Lord of the Rings was written with an earlier time in mind. A lot of the yeah. old fantasy heroes, yeah, exactly. they would hug each other, they would kiss each other, they yeah. would hold hands, it's, they were yeah. very merry. Not, not only was it written in the 50s... Yeah, but like even then... But it's it was a, set in yeah. an ancient time that's, yeah, like much different... The way men treat each other is different yeah. to the... Plus, on top of that, you got the fantasy element, and the yeah. hobbits are gentle creatures. Exactly. So, yeah. when he was creating all these people, he thought, how would they interact with each other in their own customs? Yeah. Like, we talk about how deep his world building is. Yeah. But it runs so much deeper than people give it yeah, credit for. Yeah, it's not just language, and it's like culture. Like, he created different Col- yeah, cultures. Yeah, literal culture. Yeah. Like, so, when we talk about how the quote-unquote gayness in Lord of the Rings, and 
That's not us saying it. Kevin Smith makes fun that's of it. Everyone having makes, a joke. Yeah, that's no, just me having a joke. Everyone not, makes yeah. fun of We don't mean to be like, it's not a homophobic. No, it's, it's, it's like, very much a meme. Yeah, it's Because like, everyone makes fun of the, the way dan- men treat each it's other. It's the hobbits the dancing naked in the field of flowers. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they but, cut from the movie. <laughs> for, for, probably you know, a good for idea. The, yeah, probably a good idea. So in the books, there's, as I said, there's lots of deep eye gazing between men and holding hands and yeah. stuff like that. And like, it gets so bad that there is a, there's a legit theory that Samwise is a closeted homosexual. Because uh, he... I don't know, man. They're no, not no, no, gay. No, no. They're me, hobbits. I, to, yeah. Yeah, to quote Kevin Smith, they're not gay. They're hobbits. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> there's a part of the book towards the end where Sam actually has to weigh up staying with his wife and his family who need him mm. or going with Frodo on the boats to die. But well, th- I say die, leaving to yeah, go to like, that's, I think, the version of heaven l- or whatever Like That all ties back to Tolkien's like... Like the brotherhood of yeah, but through a modern lens yeah. Now yeah, looking back on it yeah. Again, it's all very innocent. It's like <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure we should yeah, project we're, yeah, we're we projecting should project a lot. our modern we're ideas project, about yeah. sexuality <laughs> yeah, yeah. onto those poor hobbits. <laughs> Tolkien's just like, what the hell are these guys talking about? I just made a fantasy book. <laughs> <laughs> they just like being friends. Yeah, they just alone. want to hold hands. They're best friends. They went through a war together. Don't you guys understand? But that's the point. It's like people didn't yeah. understand. That's why he wrote the book because it's like about his time in the war. And anyway, so because the Lord of the Rings trilogy movies are like the definitive version and are so you know widely known and accepted in the pop culture, not just the the way they tell the story and the the, the actors' faces associated with the characters, mm. but the style of the thing, like the, yeah. the costumes, the look, and the look of it, and, the you know, the, the lighting, the the, the, the way, sound design, even. yeah, the way those the, the way those movies are lit has a very l- l- unique Lord of the Rings vibe. Like when you oh, see a shot, look, you're like, oh, that's like a Lord, like it's not just a it, fantasy movie. It's like that's a Lord of the Ringsy vibe. As, like, we were the prime Lord of the Rings generation yeah. in the sense that we were coming of age, I guess, when the films are coming out. So yeah. to me. Lord of the Rings, I mean, yeah. I, I say this also as a nerd who loves the books. Mm. Lord of the Rings is fantasy. Yeah, but yeah, it's like it's, for most people when they think of fantasy, they think of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like the, everything about Peter Jackson's movies, Yeah, that's how it's done. And like Lord of the Rings, the novel was really, really popular before the movies. But then when the movies came out, it was like... Yeah, just, it reintroduced yeah, the like, property. Like with or Game intru- of, I should say yeah. introduced the property to a whole new generation. Yeah, like with Game of Thrones, but on a whole new level. Yeah. So this Amazon series that's coming out, I'm really looking forward to it. And I can't wait to see, you know, obviously Tolkien's uh, rich lore and world building. Like, I want to see more of that on screen. But because you already have Peter Jackson's, like, definitive version... That's like even, it's like even though this series won't be either like won't be directly connected to that, it's like what's it going to look like? Still how, some big shoes. To how fill. are they going? How are they going to redesign the armor and the swords and that to be unique to themselves, but also to not to not copy yeah, Peter, Peter Jackson, Jackson stuff? You know what I mean? Like it's going to be like, like uh, you know, it's going to be so difficult for them. They like and. I'm sure they have some of the brightest minds oh, working yeah. on that because the Amazon money. Like, because, you know, like, Gollum in the movies has a very specific look. And then you yeah. look at, like, illustrations of Gollum done in the 50s or whatever, and he's like a fro- little frog man. Yeah. And it's like, that's the way he used to look until Peter Jackson yeah. and the crew kind of gave us the definitive version of Gollum. I prefer, I prefer the look in the movie. Exactly. That's what because I'm saying. Because it's more true to the character. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying is, like, 
the the version of Gollum in Peter Jackson's movies and the version of most of the characters and world we see in the movies, that's the definitive version. That'll always be the best version, even though it might not be what Tolkien's sketches look like or, or, yeah. what, or what the original interpretations might have been back in the day. So this new version on Amazon, even though it might not be, you know, like connected... It has um, it's, it's, it has big shoes to fill. Yeah, it's like oh, it's like like we always talk about with Star Wars is like the problem with a lot of the problems with the new Star Wars movies is that they're just trying to recreate the original movies, and they the movies take place in a world where Star Wars exists. Yeah, and you can't do that. And so this Amazon series might fall into the same trap where it's like, yeah, we're trying to do our own thing. It's set uh, thousands of years before. We've got different characters, different this, different different this, but. Like people know Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy, so we're gonna. It's gonna be interesting. Use though, that, and we're they, gonna. They don't necessarily know Morgoth, and like all the other like the, because like the, all the before in this. I don't know because it's been a long time since I read the Silmarillion. Yeah, but I know that um, before Lord of the Rings takes yeah, place, the God, there were more evil presences yeah. running around. No, but that's what I'm saying. Is like like you you could they know Sauron. Yeah, but they don't necessarily. Oh, you, oh you're talking about the audience doesn't yeah. know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't necessarily know Sauron's boss. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. So I think there is room. That's what I'm saying. The Silmarillion is so rich and so dense that you could literally make a thousand shows for a thousand years on different periods of time and different yeah. fa- generations of families and different gods and wizards and creatures and and places. Um, and Amazon now has the chance to do that, and that's great. And, and I can't have, wait for it. But they have the budget. And they have the budget for it. And Bezos is like, you know, like you said, a nerd himself and has all the money in the world. So this is the perfect time for it. Unless the writers end up turning into similar to the Game of Thrones situation, you know. But because the Lord of the Rings trilogy of movies is so ingrained in people's psyche, when when the Amazon show comes out, people are just going to be comparing, you know, like, and it's like, how are they going to make it different enough or maybe they're not even going to try. Maybe they're going to try and copy the Lord of the Rings movies, which even though legally they can't really get away with. But like, even if they did, like, I wouldn't like that. Like, I want them to do their own thing. I'm sure it'll be different. But That's also, what's being said in the second age. Hopefully they can yeah. try something very different. Mm. But also, like, then it'll, yeah. But also then they run the risk of it looking like any other See, fantasy. Here's also an issue I have is Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings is pretty much universally loved by all of the Lord of the Rings nerds. Pretty much. Mm. Like, there's always going to be people who say, yeah, Bombadil should have been in it. Those people are wrong, but they're allowed to have an opinion. We live in a democracy. Yeah. Um, uh, thanks to, of course, thanks to Sauron being defeated, uh, we're allowed to have a democracy. So, the issue I have is, <laughs> Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings was so good because it was Lord of the Rings. Mm. So, if we're going to have something set in Middle-earth... There are parts of the Amazon show that are going to have to be authentically Middle Earth, mm. which means they might run the risk of looking like Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, certain things, mm. like the like for example, the design of the elves, yeah, the so languages, the set designs. That's, that's what I'm dis- like. That's what I'm afraid of. Is like the elves and the dwarves look like a certain thing in the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, and they look great, and that's like the definitive versions of that those characters in people's minds. Thousands and thousands of years ago, the elves and the dwarves are going to look the same. And they did in the books. And they did in the books. <laughs> and even, they've also made Even if the set- costumes change, the physical yeah. appearance. So, for when, them- When were the games set? Because they've done a few, like, Shadows of 
War. Yeah, the, when were the, they? They were set. Uh, uh, they were set not not that long before the movies because Gollum was around. Um, Although Gollum's like a like a uh, hundred at least. Yeah, he's he's older than most of the people. B- Bilbo's in his hundreds. The, the ring, the ring kept him uh, alive. Yeah. How old? Bilbo's quite old as well, hundred something. Yes. Yeah. So like it's set around, but it's not. It's not. See, it's not far enough because ca- that's another problem. Because characters live so long, Elrond is thousand years old. So you could yeah. have a prequel set a thousand years before and still have all the elves look the same. But if you set it thousands and thousands and thousands of years before, you can recast it. But because the elves look look have have been designed a certain way, see. They can yeah, except, re- except between the events of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, see, so like within eighty years. Yeah. So um see see it's a it's a really difficult thing where it's like the Amazon series I want to look different, but also the Lord of the Rings movies got it right the first time. If yeah. it looks too different, you're yeah. on the risk of exactly. it not being and authentic. Like, one of the things I love about Lord of the Rings is that the dwarfs look like dwarfs. Yeah, exactly. They, they look like what a dwarf is yeah, supposed like, to look like. When you like. read a fantasy book, yeah. that's a dwarf. You're and, like, then, and then the Hobbit movies screwed that up, where they made these weird-looking dwarfs with, like... kind of tall. Some of them were tall. Some of them had human fe- features. They look like hobbits. Some of them had funny ears and funny noses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them had long hair. Some of them had short hair. Some of them had no beards. And it's like, no, you've Jimmy already set Jimmy. up... Yeah, you've already set up what dwarves look like in Lord of the Rings. The start of the Lord of the Rings, when all the characters are getting the rings from Sauron, like, you see the dwarf lords. Like, that's what they look like. Don't yeah. screw with that. And the Hobbit screwed that. Now, this Amazon series might might have lots of dwarf characters. How, you know, if they make it different, like... That's the thing, though. I know? kind of, like, I wouldn't be too upset if it looked similar to Peter Jackson's. Because yeah. in my mind... It's, for me, In it's my a, mind, that is the look. That's the you know thing. What I mean? It's like, for me, it's a double-edged sword where it's like, on one hand, I want them to be different and unique and have their own contained world that's not subservient yeah. to Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. But on also on the other hand, Peter Jackson got it so right the first time that's like, well, it's why sp- not just copy? It's spinning plates of it's, authenticity. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. not really copying. It, it's a difficult line, right? I, I suppose they have yeah. to keep some elements of Peter Jackson's while also focusing on areas that weren't touched yeah. on. You know, like, and I think that's what they could do if if Aragorn or Strider, as you'll probably be called in the mm. show, goes on his travels to places that you don't traditionally see much yeah. of in Lord of the Rings. That might be where they shine. Wait a minute. I've been having this conversation without all the knowledge, which is a bit dumb thing to do. Warner Brothers did the Lord of the Rings trilogy. No, Paramount? Paramount did the Lord of the Rings trilogy with Peter Jackson. I can't remember. Yes. Jamie looked that up. Okay. <laughs> um, Warner Brothers did the games. Yeah. So at some point they must have gotten the rights because the games are very heavily influenced. Games are non-canon. No, yeah. but they're heavily well, also, influenced also, by the designs and the, game of, of the the movies. Like the golem, of, yeah. the golem in the games is the same golem in the movies. But, yeah, Even the Andy Circus reprised his role. Yeah, but game rights are, are might also be l- very legally different than movie but, rights. Yeah, but when you're taking designs and character designs and costume designs f- directly from the movies, there it has was, to be uh, some. It was New Line Cinema. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I looked the games up. It might have also been the thing like that so, they might have said, we want to make a game version of Peter Jackson's thing. So it might have not been we're making okay, a game yeah, that yeah. just so, Yeah, so Warner Brothers might have gone to New Line and be like, okay, we're going to give you... But who did The Hobbit? New, New Line... You know, it's probably a co-production between New Line and Warner Brothers, Yeah, I'd right? say so, yeah. So Warner Brothers probably owns partially the rights to 
Lord of the Rings in its Peter Jackson movie form. Amazon is now doing the series, so they have the rights to the Lord of the Rings world and characters, or at least the Silmarillion. Is uh, does Am- who is Amazon connected to Warner Brothers in any way? Are they? Are they? So own, is does Amazon uh, the production own? Co- the production companies uh, behind the Hobbit? Yeah, were New Line, okay, uh, Metro, Metro Goldwyn Mayer, Wingnut, which is Peter Jackson's, yeah, and uh, they, but it was distributed by Warner Brothers. Okay, so they have the distribution. So they have some connection to that. So they made the game. So Amazon, I is think- there a connection? I mean, I don't uh, think I know, so. But I, I know I, there's, I know there's, um, you know, they can do co-productions. Warner anyway. Brothers owns the company behind the games. Yeah. So, so, but anyway, I'm kind of rambling. But my point is, if Amazon is co-producing their series with Warner Brothers or New Line or whoever owns the rights to the Peter Jackson movies, have the rights elapsed at all? Any of them? I don't think so. But if they if they do have that connection, then the Amazon series could technically use the designs and use the the reuse their Peter Jackson. Yeah. Does that make so, sense? Yeah, it does. But also, uh, let's not forget that uh, Jeff Bezos has so much money mm. that he could probably get any authorization he wants. But that's that's what I'm saying. That's another thing as well. Is like even if he just copied them without legal rights, he could just throw money at them and be like, yeah. sorry. And also, I suppose it depends, like, I'm not sure about the legalities of it all, but I know that, as I said, the Tolkien estate guards everything very jealously. Mm. So, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe some companies leased the rights, but the Tolkien estate retained some measure of control. Yeah. So, maybe maybe there were stipulations. So, Amazon could uh, have certain rights to some things and be allowed to copy because the Tolkien estate said they could. Mm. I don't know for sure... But I know that it's super. The Tolkien estate makes things super complicated for people yeah. who want to make. There's there's a lot of complicated products. behind the so, scenes stuff that we're not privy when, to. Or this is an article from last year when mm. the sort of this started this started to get going. Yeah. According to the Hollywood Reporter, by working out a deal, Amazon works out has worked out a deal with New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers okay. to sidestep concerns about properties in a ladder touch. Yeah. So apparently there's a deal in place that allows them to use So they they'd probably be like, look, we won't use anything from the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, but all the Silmarillion stuff we're gonna use. Well, allow they're allowed to incorporate elements of the world that Peter Jackson has crafted. Ah, there yeah. you go. So the the design will probably end up looking yeah. similar to Because that's the thing, Peter, as Jackson, the Peter Jackson. They're not touching the events that are like they're not yeah. touching the events, but they're allowed to use quote unquote yeah. the sort of the world. They're not gonna be yeah. like this is yeah. Okay. So they'll let I'm they guessing that means make mostly like art designs. They don't have to design. make it so from scratch. Yeah. We we just had like a half an hour conversation which which we could have <laughs> not done if we had just read that but basically because the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies uh, have that definitive look yeah it seems that Amazon was just like we're just going to use that but we're not going to make a prequel to the Lord of the Rings we're just going to make our own but use the same which I design think which is smart it's yeah, I mean, decision. again, it, it might not be the most creative thing they could have done. Yeah, but at it's the same a sensible time, thing. Look, it, like, like I kept saying, it's that double-edged sword. It's, it's going to ensure a level yeah. of quality. Now we know. Um, my mind's put at rest. That half an hour was <laughs> of conversation <laughs> was completely pointless. It's like, okay, they just they have that safety of Peter yeah, exactly. Jackson's designs, which hopefully they don't screw with. Yeah, don't touch them because if you alone. fuck with the dwarfs. 
because that's one of the things I hate about The Hobbit. It's yeah. All these dumb looking like, dwarfs. It's like we already know what the dwarfs yeah. look Just like. Put Gimli on Lord there, the and that's fine. Yeah, we already know. We've already seen them in Lord of the Rings. You can't make a prequel to Lord of the Rings and be like, they look different now. It's like some George Lucas level of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Pete. See, we, we keep pre- we keep praising Peter Jackson for how good Lord of the Rings is, but we also fucking did The Hobbit, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Those movies suck, except for the Game of Riddles. I, I really like that scene. You know, in the first movie. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, we still haven't talked about uh, the sort of next topic before we run out of well, more yeah, time. Should we get to the Batman? Yeah, uh, no, let's talk quickly oh. about The Witcher. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's another one of our. I don't most know if we should ed- talk about that because we could spend another hour on no, that. No, but we'll just but touch yeah. on it. That's related. So kinda. yeah, Game of Thrones ended. That sucked. Lord of the, Amazon's doing their Lord of the Rings series. But who knows when Look, that'll air? Looking forward to it. Who knows how when that'll come out? Because it's like, is it like a, it's something crazy like a hundred million dollars an episode or something? Yeah. Something like no. that. I've read, oh, there was some, man. I, look that up. I'm looking it up. There was some massive figure. Can't be that figure. much. $100 million a season, maybe, like Game of Thrones was. No, it was more than Game of Thrones. Oh, oh yeah, no, no. Shit. They're putting I guess, bank yeah, into like it. Yeah, like, if you're going to recreate the Lord of the Rings movies in a series, yeah. you're going to need so, to put... Like, look, think about it this way. Apart from Deathstalker, mm-hmm. what does Amazon Prime have? <laughs> No, legit. <laughs> Man in the High Castle is pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, I another guess. article. Uh, the, uh, they have, from- uh, oh no, um, uh, American Gods is stars. Yeah, but, but uh, it's, it's yeah. on Amazon yeah. in Australia. Uh, but like, so this Lucky is like us. this is their like their drawing. Yeah, no, this is their yeah big. Another article from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, ex- uh, Amazon's Lord of the Rings is expected to have a one billion dollar budget. No. Don't yes. be se- yeah, again, keep in mind, Jeff Bezos takes Lord of the Rings very seriously. Uh, <laughs> the rights deal no. cost Amazon $250 million. That's just the rights deal. See, that's that's n- what's $250 million is nothing in Bezos' eyes. No, but no. that's a lot Especially, for some rights. That's true, that's true. So season one, at least of this Lord of the Rings show, is going to have a $1 billion budget. Yes. No. They did, you know, they're not even going to make a TV show. They're just going to build Middle-earth. Uh, that, that that's that's gonna I, buy, I, Amazon's gonna purchase a company yeah, yeah, a, like, a country in if, Europe. If this show is bad, it'll be the most tragic <laughs> event in history because you can't spend that level of money and have a show again. Like no, like obviously it comes down to the writing. If the writing is not good, but I'm just talking in terms of the production. Mind you, if they screw that yeah, up with that, thing, that resources, that money, because the, you think, do you think Amazon's going to let someone piss around with the, a billion dollars? The, the Lord of the Rings movies were technically independent movies. They were New Line Cinemas, a small studio. They were risking a lot, giving Peter Jackson all that money to make yeah. three movies back to back, and he made those on a pretty tight budget, all back to back. And use a lot of practical effects, is which is why they stand up so well, and which is why the Hobbit movies don't look so good, because there's too much CGI. Yeah. So if you're spending a billion dollars, even five hundred million, which is a hell of a lot of money, on one season of Lord of the Rings, if that's just all CGI crap and Hobbity, I'm hoping like, they use that money. That's going to build be so, things. Yeah, like I hope they're actually trying to recreate the original Lord of the Rings feeling. Of yeah, the sets and the practical and the the ma- the pr- prosthetic makeup and all that. It's crazy. So and and if and if it is set thousands of years before, but he's but he's using um, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies as a sort of as a base production value yeah. uh, production uh, template. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, the aesthetic template. Then I guess Rivendell they'll have to recreate Rivendell 
almost exactly as it was in the movies. And th- this is another article... Because Rivendell's thousands of years old. Yeah, so I think it's, so, it's, yeah. Like, I'm assuming it's going to be unchanged mostly. Well, and another article has the writers apparently locked in an office with a guard and a fingerprint scanner. See, now I'm getting too excited. I'm going to overhype it and it's going to end up being bad. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, he's going to, come, he's going to go on TV well, one day and be like, you didn't like Game of Thrones? Don't worry. Give us 30 years see, to make I this wish, show. I, like, I wish I had that much money to be like, I'm just going to well, make a Jeff, passion project Our boy something. Jeff. We need to reach out to Jeff. Jeff, come on the show. We're nerds too. Jeff, give we- us some money. We'll, we'll make whatever you want. <laughs> No, like, Give us a billion dollar budget. Uh, like, I wish I was that rich and I could be like, you know what? I've always wanted a really good, um, you know, uh, I don't know. What's another book that hasn't been made? I was, uh, They never made The Hobbit into a TV show. <laughs> into a movie. Yeah, that never happened. Uh, they never made any more Star Wars movies, but, so a billion dollars yeah. could do pretty so well. So, like, yeah, if you gave me the money and said you can reboot Star Wars any way you want, I would be like, oh, I wish I was, I wish I was that rich. To just be like, you know what? I'm going to make my own Star Wars. Or yeah, sitting in your own. office one day, I'm bored. I'm going to spend a yeah. billion dollars to make Lord of the Rings TV show. <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish I had that much money. What? That's, that's, the, that's the dream. You know, and this is Jeff's passion project, right? I'm yeah. just, I imagine him just yeah. like, this is what I do on my days off. <laughs> Apparently, one of the stipulations was he has to have a cameo. <laughs> So, <laughs> let him do what he well, wants if he's yeah, giving a billion dollars like, to yeah, the budget. I've done, like, the, yeah, I'm 100% he can, fine with uh, that. For like a, he can play Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Strider. Give him, a, give, him a, give him a wig. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Like, he's spending a billion dollars to make a fan project. That would, that would be funny. If it was like, a, it, if he spend that much money but end up being like a Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but with a massive budget. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, practical. Yeah. It's him running around this this makeshift fantasy universe. Yeah. Um, oh. Did you take the ring? I did not. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> um, well, uh, we're, run- the- we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Quickly touching on The Witcher. Yeah. We've seen some... This is Netflix's Answer next, Game of Thrones. Next, yeah, next big uh, flagship show that they're pushing, which yeah, is going to be their answer to... Game of Thrones, which based is, on the books, not the games. Exactly. Which how many? It's exciting. There's a series of books, right? There's uh, not a few. many. Yeah, but uh, oh, there's a few. It's not like a couple pro- of novellas. Yeah, they're not very. Books. They're not very prolific. Oh, so it's not a so it's, ongoing. It, it's series. one of those. I think I don't know if it's ongoing, but it's one of those situations where there's not a lot of source material, okay. but what there is is good. Oh, okay. like you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. it's like a gold. But what I'm saying, but is, the author's involved, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He is. But that's what I'm saying is The Witcher has Game of Thrones early seasons template. Like, they have a template of what they can do. Like, they have the books to go off. Yeah. And they have the author they're working with. Now, this is interesting because the the, the author had the opportunity to... Uh, he could have, he had the opportunity for a payout when CD Projekt started making the games, mm. which he took. But the other option was he doesn't get a payout and he receives a percentage of royalties from the video games. And he made the yeah. he thought that was He thought that was dumb. Yeah. He took the payout. And so, he got mad. I feel bad for the man because no. The Witcher was phenomenally successful and he yeah. did not earn but that much. He, he yeah, made his choice. But then, and CD Projekt also tried to make it right by giving him yeah. more instead of, yeah. instead of so copying I'm, to his mistake, he started talking shit about the game. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm kind of glad he's involved. Yeah. I, I guess there's some type of well, comic balance. It, but it depends. Like, you know, he, he no might... No one can talk shit about the games. They're amazing. But that's what I'm saying is like he, 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 he kind of... Even though it's his baby, yeah. like he kind of felt threatened by it. And so his involvement in the show is good because it's like George R. R. Martin's involvement in the yeah. early season of Game of Thrones. It has that uh, that support. 
but also because he was a bit spiteful of the games, he might be like too too protective of his baby, yeah. and like the writers will be like, "How about we do this?" And he's like, "No," you know, like that. Yeah. that you know, it's that double edged sword I was talking about before about how you might have someone who's too connected to the to the, the source material. Yeah. We'll see. Um, you know, I have high hopes for this show. Well, yeah. Um, and Netflix is a good home for it. They can get away with oh, yeah. all the violence, I mean, the sex. I'm sure, yeah. One, that. But also, too, I'm sure they're going to pump a lot of money into it. Um, oh, yeah. Not a billion dollars, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure the production value is going to be very high. If they're really going to push this as their Game of Thrones, then they have to really push that. Uh, production value level. level yeah yeah, um, yeah I, I guess we should talk a little bit about batman <laughs> well yeah we're almost out of time like <laughs> i don't even know if we have enough time to talk about it but we can um, just mention it briefly i guess um so yeah robert pattinson's been cast as the next batman yeah so matt reeves the batman which is i guess a sort of soft reboot or or standalone spin-off of yeah. the new batman so dc batfleck is gone thank god for that i'm gonna reserve judgment because i Rob uh, Pattinson Look, wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah. But so, again, I honestly, I'm just going to see, wait for the trailer, see how it feels yeah, on so film. I actually made a list of potential Batmans like maybe six months ago. I, I, I when, see the list in front of me. Yeah. I don't know why John Hamm is on the top. Can you please explain? No, these aren't in any order. So, okay. I, okay. I was going to say, I'm Nathan. feeling threatened. Don't worry, threatened. Don't worry, Nathan. These are not in any order. Okay. Okay, so... Maybe like when did when did Ben Affleck say he wasn't coming back? It was quite a while ago. Oh, quite a while ago. A few months at least. So I made this list quite a few months ago. Um but now that Robert Pattinson's been announced it's kind of obsolete. But uh I thought we'd talk about it anyway because Robert Pattinson obviously is known for the Twilight movies. Yeah. I guess. Harry and so Potter people kinda. people started making the jokes already in the memes. But he's a really good actor and we'll talk about why I think he he might do a good job. But we'll talk about some of the other actors who were. But what rumored. voice is he going to put on there? That's going to be the hardest. That's thing. Just as important as because, the actor. Okay, see, so we're going to need another hour for this show. <laughs> but basically, when you know, because Bale did the bat rasp, and I was fine with that. It worked for that movie, whatever. Um, then Affleck was cast, and I hate Affleck. I think he's a terrible actor. And I was like, I told, I said to my friend, I'm like, they're not going to do the bat rasp again. One because it'll be copying Christian Bale. Two because Ben Affleck. Probably can't even do it. And I bet you they're going to modulate his voice, like, digitally. It's exactly what they did. So, I was laughing. I'm like, Ben Affleck sucks. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what, the, I don't know what Rob, Rob Pattinson's going to do because... Who knows? <laughs> yeah. See, for me, Michael Keaton's always been the best Batman because it's like... What voice did he do? He just does a serious voice. Like, he doesn't oh. really do a... He doesn't really do he it. He doesn't have a Batman. Con- like uh, Kevin Conroy is the the best Batman. Um, Adam West is the best Batman. Okay, yeah. Okay, Adam <laughs> West is like God. Adam West is God level. He's on his own um, tier. Um, then Kevin Conroy because, like, yeah, his his bat bat voice is the best. But yeah, I like Michael Keaton because he's like he's yeah, it's just like a slightly deeper voice than his normal voice. Um, but yeah, Rob Patson, I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, so. These is just a list of other actors that were either rumored or that I thought would be good for the role. So first is Army. These aren't in any order. I just wrote them. So uh, first is Army Hammer, who because because this new this new we should say the new the Batman was supposed to be about a younger Batman. 
Um, whereas Ben Affleck's Batman was supposed to be an older Batman. Yeah. And so people were saying, oh, this might be a prequel. There was rumors it was set in the 90s. And I was like, I hope it's not a prequel. I don't want it to be connected to the, the current DCEU Ben Affleck uh, uh, Batman in any way. I want it to be a standalone, yeah, yeah. separate thing. So now they're saying, you know, it might be a I mean, reboot. They can have a be- young Batman. It doesn't mean it has to be in the past. But that's what I'm saying is yeah. they sh- they should yeah they can get a young Batman but I don't want them to re- redo the origin story again that would be boring yeah just start also, it when he's already Batman yeah start it when he's Batman he can be a younger Batman don't make it a prequel to be like oh, this is where Ben Affleck's Batman started and we've recasted it to make him younger but now he's di-. like just make it he's his own Batman there's no connection to any other Batman um, I-, I think I-, I think this list is good but we should have included a, a picture of everyone's chins. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll talk about because uh, you know I got some you know I got some uh, chin memory of all these. Yeah, okay, we got chin memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah, so some of these actors are younger to fit in with that. The Batman was supposed to be a younger Batman, and some of them are older just because they were fit well with Batman. Yeah. So Army Hammer, I think would be he. That guy's just a real life superhero. He could be any superhero. He could be. He could be. Um, Superman, he could be Batman, he could be Aquaman, he could be Flash, he could be... Like, that guy just looks like a, a superhero. He, he's a good generic young male superhero. He's, like, got the chin, he's tall, he's buff, he's young. Like, just... You could cast him as any superhero, really. The next name, I'm not so sure about. See, th- I, this wasn't my choice, this was a rumour. John Krasinski. Nah, I don't nah. have a face for it. Who... He's kind of rebranding himself as the a action guy. Action guy. I, st- I, don't, I, personally, I don't like him for yeah, it. Personally, I don't really see him as maybe as like a young... If he was younger, he could play The Flash or something. But I don't really see him as about... He's also... I think he's 40s, in his yeah. 40s, mid-40s. Yeah. yeah. So, that goes into the older side. Um, Matthew Good. Um, he was rumoured. He's a really good actor. But he's a bit... Thin, bit skinny. Um, he would be good as a maybe a villain, or he played the villain in Watchmen. Um, so that was just a rumor. Ben Barnes, who played Jigsaw in the Punisher series. I was going to be like the old man from the Saw series. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> bold choice, bold choice. I suppose when they said they were rebooting Batman, I didn't think <laughs> yeah. this is what they meant. Um, he, I think he was an interesting choice, but again, I think he he could play maybe a different hero. Um, Jamie Dornan, um, too sexy, too tainted. Yeah, but like yeah. he's 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 another actor who's good, but he was in those you know what? those movies, too and much, so it's tainted. too much ru- too much room for fan fiction about. Um, That's true. Fi- uh, oh, but the, that, the, fan the gray. Is, that fan fiction is going to happen regardless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. there's going to be great crossovers. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Grey during the day, Batman at night. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah. I'll pass um, on that one. Wes Bentley, I think another interesting choice. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I see him as Batman. Like, he would have been interesting. I think a lot of these people on these lists could play heroes because they have that kind of classical, yep. handsome, big chin. But. Um, Taron Egerton's interesting. Yeah. Taron Egerton was rumored because he's younger guy. If, he's very he's hot. Yeah, right but now. I mean, if Batman bursts into sing, it'd be fine. Nah, I think he could pull it off. He's got I range. Don't mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really I feel see like he's, him. I don't think. I don't feel like he doesn't young seem man. big enough. To Actually, me. that's true. He's not. Oh, uh, he, uh, he's, he's pretty buff. He can buff out. Yeah, but, he can beef out. Yeah, like <laughs> Do he's not a not, short I think, Batman. Is I don't he tall think. Yeah, I don't think he's that tall. He doesn't appear. He'd be a good Robin or like a Nightwing kind of guy. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think his stature is. I think he's tall enough for Batman. Personally, see, look, Nicholas Cage is Batman. That's it. Nicholas Cage is everyone. 
so Nicholas Holt was rumored as this young. I think Pattinson and Holt were kind of the two big rumors. I personally don't think Nicholas Holt would be good as Batman at all. Um, I didn't even want him to include him on this list, but I did because he was like the biggest rumor that he was going to be cast. Um, I like Nicholas Holt in some roles, in other roles I don't like him. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that. I mean, hopefully he's not playing him. Um, Emery Cohen, I think, is a really good actor, really interesting. He could play a younger Batman. He could play a, a Nightwing. I think he would be good. Um, Richard Madden has been rumored. He's Maybe. been. He's also been rumored as the next Bond. Like he, he's definitely, yeah. he's definitely someone who's about to break big. I think, and and could could yeah. pull it off. Um, Oscar Isaac, obviously. Look, he can do anything, but obviously, I, 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 honestly, I just feel like he wouldn't make the best Batman. Richard Madden. No, uh, no. Uh, I feel Oscar like Isaac. Oscar Isaac oh, might Isaac. be too old for younger Batman. Yeah, we'll see. Oscar Isaac's uh, forty, um, and but I think, but he, he's not. He, he he's could not... definitely pull it off. But yeah, he, he's definitely got that superhero look. He could play yeah. another superhero. Um, Baby Goose, Ryan Gosling, yeah, our boy. I mean, I'm, I'm always down. He, he was rumored a long time ago. Yeah, um, I yeah, I think I remember. Yeah, so like, I mean, he's not really who I have in mind. But I just like to see him in any role. <laughs> he, yeah, it's like we like to see him. Carl Urban, yes. obviously, like he's already judged red. He's already got the chin. Like, you know, it's like it's <laughs> pretty, of pretty offices. <laughs> Josh Brolin, the chin. Jo- I know Brolin's. See, good, I know. I know John Hamm's your boy, but Bro- Josh Brolin to me Brolin, is like yeah, Bro- older Batman. Brolin plus is yeah, one hundred ten percent. Brolin is the is the ideal ba- yeah. older Batman. So John Hamm's the ideal older Bruce Wayne. Oh. They could, oh. they could dual cast They could dual cast it. <laughs> Have Josh Brolin but, in the suit and yeah. John Hamm in, in... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Brolin in the bad suit, Josh Hamm in the penguin suit. <laughs> oh, in the... Yeah, in the tux, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, before Ben Affleck got the role, Josh Brolin was supposed to play the older grizzled Batman in the DCEU movies. He would have been the perfect choice and I would have preferred him a billion times over Ben Affleck. Luckily, I think... He he ended up doing um, Thanos instead and didn't take the role. That probably worked out for the best because the DC movies kind of tanked and they're rebooting Batman. And uh, so, yeah, like, I'm sad that I never got to see him play Batman, but I guess I'm glad that he didn't play it in those shitty and he Zack also Snyder did a good, movies. He also did a good job with Thanos as well. So And, Z- and Thanos was really, really good. Yeah. Um, John Hamm, obviously... Uh, yeah, the people's choice. Like, again, he's another actor who could play pretty much any superhero, Superman especially. Well, the beefy ones, yeah. Yeah, like, he's got the chin, he's got the black hair, like, he's handsome, like, he's, he's a real-life uh, superhero. And Jake Gyllenhaal Does he have was, the chin, though? Yeah, he's got a pretty nice chin. Um, but uh, he was he was suppo- he was uh, in the running to play Batman for Batman Begins yeah. before Bale was cast. Um, I think he was very close to playing young But I think Bruce we're all very happy Bale got it. Um, but yeah, Bale ended up being a really good choice. But I think Jake Gyllenhaal could have pulled it off. And I think now, especially the the, the Jake Gyllenhaal now with all these really strong dramatic roles, yeah. and he, he could definitely pull it off. But this, again, like our discussion that we had with Lord of the Rings, it's kind of all uh, pointless because Robert Pattinson, I don't think he's confirmed, but he's been pretty much announced... From what I understand. Yeah, we'll see how it pans out. I don't know if they're going to pull a fast one and be like, no, that was just a rumor. But I think he's pretty much in the role now. Um, 
like he like I said at the at the start of the discussion, he has that Twilight stank on him. But he's done some good since, movies though. Since then, he's kind of completely, completely reinvented himself as a sort of in, indie dramatic kind yeah. of really, really intense, interesting actor who does really interesting roles. And he was in Harry Potter. He was in Harry Potter before, before yeah. Uh, yeah. Twilight, which is uh, it was good in that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like he, for me, he's gotten over that stigma. Oh but, no, yeah. definitely, he's a really good actor. Yeah. So you know, he was in Good Time, which he's fucking amazing in. That's a good movie. He is fucking incredible. He was also good in The Lost City of Zed and in The Rover, which is he's really good in that too. He's got a couple of movies coming out as well. Exactly. And he's he's also going to be in High Life, which I'm really looking forward that to. Looks, that That's looks supposed good. to come out Hopefully in a couple of weeks. Hopefully that comes out locally. I don't think it is, but I'm going to go into the city to see it. So I'll invite you guys along. Uh, he's also going to be in The Lighthouse with um, Willem Dafoe, Ooh. which is a really interesting like horror thriller directed by the guy who did The Witch, which is another really good movie. Down for so that. I'm really interested in that. Robert Pattinson is also the lead in Christopher Nolan's new movie Tenet. Which, nice. So this guy, so this guy went from like shitty teen uh, teen heartthrob, you know, crappy sparkly vampire. He's doing a reconnaissance, right? So that's yeah, what you're trying to say. To to sort of indie darling, dramatic, uh, intense roles to a li- like a list um, action blockbuster tentpole movie nice. main actor. So. Being cast as Batman is just the next step in that. And I think he's going to do a really good job. I think he'll be a really good Bruce Wayne in the same way that Christian Bale played Bruce Wayne in that kind of slimy kind of, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. W- w- Wolf of Wall Street kind of way. I think yeah, 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 Robert yeah. Pattinson's gotten that down to a pat. He was in David Cronenberg's Cosmopolis where he pretty much plays that character. Um, he's also got that look kind of to him. It's just the Batman side, the superhero yeah. side, the suit, the chin. He's got he's got a decent chin. Robert Pattinson's not a bad chin. That's that's the element that we'll have to see. I'm sure he'll do training, martial arts training. I'm sure he'll beef up for the role like Christian Bale did. So I'm I'm actually really interested to see him as the Batman. Yeah. As as to whether the movie's going to be any good, who knows? But I think I think Pattinson will, will do slim. a good job. So, yeah, like we said, it, it, hopefully it's not a prequel to any other previous movie. Hopefully it's not an origin story again. Matt Reeves, the director, has said that it's going to be a noir detective story. Oh, which, God, I hope so. Which we all really want to see Batman finally get we've to. Because we've never seen a real-life Batman on screen solve a real mystery. Yeah, he's never really done they always go detective that kind work. Of, he's done a little bit, but not yeah, a... Yeah. But they always tend to go the action yeah, route. exactly. I want to see a detective story. There's rumors that the movie's going to be based... Sort of on the long Halloween, oh, which is like the quintessential is, kind of detective, yeah, detective story. kind of like murder mystery. Um, so hopefully, even though it might not be a direct adaptation, hopefully it definitely has that inspiration vibe. from yeah. Um, Can Kevin Smith write the screenplay? Actually, that actually he uh, he does write good yeah, Batman no. stories. So you, okay, yeah, based on his comic run. Yeah, yeah so I, I think he, he that's actually not a bad idea. He understands Batman. Yeah, you know, like I wouldn't get him to direct. Oh yeah, definitely. But not. I, get, I would, I would <laughs> no, no, absolutely that's the same. write the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. He understands Batman very well, so that okay. would actually be an interesting choice. Yeah, because I think he would actually knock it out of the park. 
Well, and he's working with DC at the moment. All of, pretty much all mm. of his runs on Batman are de- uh, mystery detective stories. Yeah. He does, I like, read his Green Arrow a long time ago. It was pretty good. Yeah, he, he, his comic books like solid for for as you know for as silly as his movies can be and as much shit he sometimes talks like he's when he gets down to the comic book yeah, characters like he it. really understands well he's a, he's a massive comic book yeah. nerd he lives and breathes for that shit yeah. like as we all do mm. but uh, no that would actually be an interesting choice that's why they get him to do flash episodes they yeah. get him to do supergirl episodes yeah. and his episodes always rate highly mm. cuz he understands the source material yeah and he likes directing that stuff yeah and apparently they like him doing it as mm. well um, so yeah, when, when this movie was in early development stages, when Ben Affleck was rumored to be writing and directing, Deathstroke was, uh, I think supposed to be the villain, but since Ben Affleck obviously wasn't going to direct it and then now is not going to star in it and, and now is not going to write it. And we see too much Deathstroke. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. the Deathstroke they were maybe going towards might've been the same Deathstroke we see at the end of Justice League, uh, Joe L- Man- the same, the yeah, same, Manginella. yeah, the same dude as the TV show. Yeah. So... Yeah. I, I think now that's if this is a reboot and not connected, which I hope it is. I I hope that's off the table. Yeah. Like I and I as much as I like Deathstroke and I, as much as I think he'll be a good villain in a standalone Batman movie, I think that'll bring up too much of the ninja fighting stuff. Yeah. Which the the movie's probably going to have a lot of, but I want more of the long Halloween detective stuff. If if they do have Deathstroke as a bad guy, it should only be made apparent he's the bad guy at the end. Like, it should be mm. Batman solving a series of crimes but see, to Death find Stro- where Deathstroke is. Yeah, but Deathstroke's also not that kind of villain that yeah. would work well in a murder mystery or, yeah, he's or very much uh, a kind detective of let's movie. Fight kind of yeah, guy. He's, he's the action ninja assassin kind of stuff. Um, Catwoman and the Penguin have been rumored to be the villains yeah. in it. I don't really like that because Batman Returns already did those villains. Yeah. Like, that seems retready. Um, even though, obviously, this will be a really... Dr- drastically different interpretation. Um, I don't really like that that idea. Um, <laughs> Jim Carrey come back as the Riddler. <laughs> well, that's what I want to talk about. In, in the Long <laughs> Halloween, it, it has a quite a large roster of villains, even though they're not doesn't really focus mm-hmm. on all Have of you, them. The Calendar they're Man kind of cameo. So Calendar Man, Catwoman, Scarecrow, Joker, Mad Hatter, Poison Ivy, and the Origin of Two Face and the Riddler. Are all shown in the you Long Halloween. Be awesome. Mm. If it was the Calendar Man is the main bad guy, but it's like a Silence of the Lamb situation where well, yeah. he well, set up a series of things to go wrong yeah, in well, Gotham City. That's kind of and yeah. Batman has to kind of get clues from him to that's, solve the puzzles. Yeah, that's kind of what's so great about Long Halloween is they reintroduce Calendar Man, who was this joke, crappy, campy joke villain, into this more Hannibal Lecter, you know, in Arkham kind of yeah. toying with Batman. So I think that that would be really interesting, but. This all comes back to, we haven't really seen a really good, really solid version of the Riddler on screen. Yeah. In the 60s series, Frank Gorshin is next level brilliant, but he's goofy, he's campy, he's silly. Same in uh, Batman Forever. Jim Carrey is funny, but he's goofy, he's campy, he's silly. We've never seen the cold, calculating egotistical the, yeah, maniac like the, of you the Riddler see, that you, you see in some Gotham? of the great... Uh, yeah. I don't really like a that little interpretation. little more serious, but yeah. it's... Uh, yeah. uh, that shows a bit. We won't talk about that. But anyway, so we have never seen that kind of really cool Hannibal Lecter-esque like bar- the bar- Riddler. Borrow the sort of character framework from the games. Exactly. Even, even more serious and not full Nolan. 
you know, like uh, we discussed during the Shazam episode with Alex, like, I love what Nolan did. I love the serious grittiness, the realism of the Nolan trilogy, Dark Knight trilogy. But I would like them to maybe skew towards more some of the comic booky stuff that we love so much. But don't go full into the silly, campy, over-the-top craziness. Um, And obviously, if this is a grounded detective noir story, you don't want to introduce too much of that stuff. So, yeah, I wanted just a really good Riddler who's behind all the kind of a Batman hush thing, kind of like a a really cool mystery, maybe a few cameos from other villains, maybe uh, some B, C roster villains. But the Riddler is behind it all and get a really good actor to to sort of bite into that role more yeah, and because sinister, a detective story lends itself very well to the Riddler. Exactly, he's the perfect villain for a detective it's mystery. Like puzzles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like solve this puzzle, and, yeah. and it's not about the action; it's about the intellectual puzzle of of the the mystery. I think we're all out of yeah. time. So we're we're way out of time, and this is going to be a bitch to edit, and I'm so tired um <laughs> but i'm glad we got to really sink our teeth into yeah all that like i love just talking about all this nerdy shit and speculating and like like i said last week was so rushed i really wanted to take time with you know, just like, some some episodes are for the fans some episodes are for us yeah and this one was for us oh uh, no i think fan, I, I think if there are people out there who, who <laughs> like pop culture who like yeah, comic yeah. books who but like like sometimes we like, enjoy, i think they'll get a kick out of this yeah. so like, and we enjoy I'll, talking about some subjects more than others but but also like that we've only got like two listeners and i really appreciate you but if you have friends who like comic books who like movies and stuff like share share this episode with them because uh, i think they'll get it especially game of thrones game of thrones has I think maybe connected with more people it's a than, good entry point than perhaps being into Batman comics has you know so it's like give them the Game of Thrones they can just listen to the Game of Thrones part and then and then end so, so shoot us some feedback as well yeah how also, did you feel about the Game of Thrones ending yeah message did miss, us did we miss anything message us on the Facebook page or tweet at us um, we would like to hear from you and we appreciate you listening thank you for listening Yes. Uh, like and share the Tuesday Review Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at Tuesday Review AU. You can follow James on Instagram at Channel Drifter. You can find our previous episodes on your favorite podcasting app, but I don't think we're on Spotify. No, we're not. Uh, if you like video games, please check out Alan and Jake's show, Sunrise Arcade. Maddie J's show is called Car Talk, where him and a whole coterie of guests talk mm. about cars. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Tuesday Review on iTunes. It helps us a lot. Yes. It's Tuesday. You've been reviewed. No, you fucking asshole. Adios, cousins. (laughs) Ah, man.